Welcome to Clotheslines and Headlines 2.0. Take it away, Ryan Gray. Welcome to Clotheslines and Headlines 2.0, episode 20. Guys, is 20 a milestone? Rocco, how long ago were you 20 years old? More than 20 years ago. I'll tell you that right now. Perfect. Rossi, what's up with WrestleMania 20? Uh, WrestleMania 20, man. I didn't pre- prepare for anything, um, but really quickly, um, I was in Ma- Madison Square Garden, which is Madison Square Garden. There's a lot going on there this week between the Big East Tournament and uh, there's a big WWE house show there on Sunday. Um, but I, I that was really the John Cena Real, real uh, breakout moment when he beat Big Show um, to open up that show. I feel like. All right, that that took too long. You, all you got to say it was a killer WrestleMania. Uh, Matt, what's going on, buddy? You're back. Oh, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. You go. Uh, you ready to ramp? You're betting. Ready for March Madness? Are you ready to feed the masses with your picks and your articles? Unfortunately, not. I actually have to write a. I have to write a best bets article for Friday, and I have no bets planned. So if anyone has any. Anything they want me to bet and write about, please send it my way. Don't well, tell me. You might want to pick UConn, but you know we'll see about that. I was hoping well, UConn this, was. Right. This time, when this airs, um, UConn or Providence will be in the second round, but we don't have time for that right now. Guys, let's let's take advantage of YouTube and let's jump on the WrestleMania preview. Well, not really a preview, but a WrestleMania. Let's touch down on WrestleMania and see what we're feeling. Right, uh, we get about eleven matches strongly hinted at uh slashed announced matt you're the guest of honor and you chose bray wyatt versus bobby lashley is the first match that we kind of take a look at a night before the elimination chamber bray declared that he was going to gun after brock lesnar or bobby lashley um pretty random at the time but you know it elicited a pretty big response from the masses as it's like oh wow that's kind of a a low-key dream match brock versus lashley I mean, Bray versus Brock or Bray versus Lashley, that's that's interesting. Um, but Brock pulled his ultimate trump card and says, that doesn't work for me, brother. And that kind of explains why we got a wonky finish at the Elimination Chamber. However, Lashley and Bray, I don't know. Uh, rumor are that Bray is uh, taking a detour off of his long-term storyline that whatever makes sense or not. We'll get to that for another day. But I kind of enjoyed the muscle man stuff. Um, it was kind of fun. Um, it fits into one of his characteristics or whatever you want to call it. But the whole unky, Uncle Howdy of it all with the hat and the silver hair and he's skinny and he's weird. And I, I don't know, just the the whole excitement of Bray Wyatt we had around Extreme Rules has kind of fizzle, fizzle, fizzle to what we got here. Um, am I being generous by saying it's a low-key, interesting match, Rocco, between Lashley and Bray? No, I think it's uh, it's it. We know it could be. I mean, if you get the Bray of uh, you know, the early Bray, the uh, just smashing around with dudes, I think it's a cool uh, way to go with the difference in styles. And like you said, it's it's two things we haven't seen together. And what's you know, really cool intro. Would that would that be the most Bray thing about it? You know what I mean? Like we don't need a lot of other pomp and circumstance in the match. Just really cool Bray intro, and then let them just fucking knock each other to fucking bits, right? Well, it could be like a little monster ballish. You know, I think Bray needs to go out there 
and deliver a match without smoke and mirrors, literally, and lasers and lights and all that wonkiness. He needs to go out there and kind of elicit a um, an actual reaction with substance. Because he, he's not like, all right, he is the worst wrestler in the world, but he's not the worst wrestler in the world. He hasn't, you know, he, he has a resume of matches have gone out there and have okay matches. Um, is he banged up? Like, he's only had one match against LA Knight since returning. And uh, I'm not really sure where it's asked, but um, Rock, Ro Rossi, I'll ask you, is it a dream match? Brock was, would Brock and Bray be a dream match? I don't want to jump off Lashley too hard and veer away, but Lesnar denying the Bray match is the feel of it. And I think you can kind of believe that to an extent. Would Bra Brock and Bray be an actual dream match? I mean, I was excited for it in 2016. They were building towards it. Yeah. Um, before I felt like they changed their mind because Brock decided he was going to go do UFC or whatever, and they decided to do the um, Moxie match. But I don't know. I, I was excited for it there because there was a build. It really just would depend on the build. Um, I'm I'm not really on the bandwagon that Bray Wyatt is like a bad wrestler or anything. He just hasn't been able to wrestle for the last however many years. Um, I mean, I never thought he was bad back in the day when he was doing like the um, Cape Fierce gimmick. Um, things made sense. You know, he wasn't going in there having five star matches, but he had good matches with people. Um, so I think he's capable to go. I think the problem is they just it's been smoking mirrors for the last probably three years he's wrestled, right? He's doing a lot of in-rings. He's pretty much doing the dark match um, on every SmackDown that they do, um, you know, up and down the coast. So he's getting in-ring time. Uh, Lashley's good. Um, it's I, I don't know what's the dynamic, though. Like, who's the babyface? Who's the heel? I still don't know that. Like, Lashley changes by week. It feels like Bray changes by week. The Uncle Howdy thing is dumb as shit. Um, so... I think my dream match is just Bray being able to get into the ring and wrestle without any bullshit. I doubt that that happens, but I mean, if you tell me that it's a Bray Wyatt Lashley, no smoke and mirrors match for 10 minutes, I'm in on it. Now, Matt, do you agree with the sentiment that, that I had and Rossi agreed with too, that they kind of need to go out there and have a match with no smoke and mirrors at WrestleMania and kind of go out there and somewhat deliver. So Bray can kind of elicit some, I don't know, respect from the hardcores, respect from the hardcore fan base instead of, you know, the casuals that he kind of draws in, I think. It's the it's the biggest mystery, right? I feel like they drop the ball with Bray Wyatt every WrestleMania now. Um, I will say I feel like this is – I feel like we're always due for one no-holds-barred like type match at WrestleMania. I think this is the one that I would give the green light to. Good call. Um, yeah. I don't, when you say smoke and mirrors, I don't want to see any smoke or any projectors or anything crazy yeah. like that. I just want to see like two big guys like beating the shit out of each other. If you want to get Uncle Howdy involved and get Bray Wyatt the win, this would definitely be my candidate to kind of try to up the ante a little bit. Maybe, you know, that like pre WrestleMania, everyone has to come out and pull the two apart. Like they need to do something to really like get people invested in this. Um, I will say this, uh, and this goes to a lot of WrestleMania matches this year. I felt like over the past couple of years, we'll get like these types of matches. Like you just want to get two stars in the ring together, two of your biggest guys in the ring together, but it'll happen. Like the build will be about two weeks long. So I'm glad that they're at least giving us a little bit of time to like, kind of maybe see where this goes. I'm hoping within the next couple of weeks, they really up the ante. Um, so I'd like to see the two of them like face to face in the ring together uh, before mania, but I am excited for the match. I have to say, I think they, I think they need to turn up the intensity and the build a little bit, but I'm excited. Yeah, good. Yeah, 
one last question to you all, just yes or no, or either or. Who is this match for? Is this match more for Bray? Is it more for a filler? Or does it actually have to do with Lashley and potentially what's next for him? I don't want to jump over anyone, but I feel like it's just to get get these guys on the card, right? I mean, yeah. I know that they you know the big rumor right now is that they're going for a smaller WrestleMania, but at the end of the day, both of these guys are your two top 10 stars, right? And I would say both Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley fall under the top 10 stars in WWE category. And, you know, WrestleMania is where we get the big stars going at it. So that's kind of my line of logic with trying to make sense of the match. But I think it, I think it does make sense. Rocco. I would have rather, rather have just seen Lashley and Brock again. Just let them do a WrestleMania. Brock match, right? card. <laughs> I know. That's what I mean. That's, you know, you're asking dream scenario without guys being a uh, pains in the asses. Like how about Bray versus fucking Braun and Brock versus fucking Lashley again? That seems like way more sensical to deal with those kind of dudes. I don't know. It's uh, I think it's just both together. We're all four to get together. On the fucking monster brawl like it's SummerSlam, but we're not fantasy booking. R- Rossi, real quick, which one before we get out of here? Who is this more for? I think it's obviously to get Bray a win. Um, and I feel like Lashley can kind of eat an L, and then they can rebrand him post draft when they do whatever they do with him, whether it's set in the SmackDown with the Hurt Business, you know, do something like that. They kind of dance around the Hurt Business with him for a while, and now they haven't for a couple weeks. Um, and then now they've got MVP tied in with the Brock feud. So let Bray get a win here, and then just you can rebuild Lashley. It just makes sense. Kind of. So I think it's for Bray to get a win, but it won't affect Lashley long term. We all said we didn't want Bray to have too much pomp, crazy stuff happening, but something crazy could happen. You get your weird WrestleMania moment with Bray, and like you said, Lashley, nothing happens to him after that. I don't mind something weird happening like post-match, but I just think he needs to go in there and have an actual focused wrestling match to kind of help him out a little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the guy that used to have great matches with Roman all the time, right? So where's that guy? So we'll see. All right, the next match we want to go here is Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Obviously, Rhea won the Royal Rumble, which uh, and she called her shot the next night, calling out Charlotte Flan. But since then, it's really been kind of about Dom stealing the show here. Uh, not necessarily Rhea. I'm not saying Charlotte and Rhea are necessarily like having bad builder whatsoever, but it's been really more on accelerating and establishing Dom's character towards towards Ray, as we'll get to a little bit here. But um, as soon as Charlotte had that call or Charlotte had the state of whatever Dom came out, Rhea came out, uh, but just seeing they're holding off the tension, the beef, because it's kind of withstanding there still, you know, they had the match two years at WrestleMania three years ago at WrestleMania. Now Um, they had the, after the, when the pandemic ended, they like, they had a little hot program and that's 2021 summer where they uh, went out there and had some bangers also. So it's kind of just doesn't really need to be, it can it can be microwaved real late because it's kind of already there, ready to sizzle. If that makes any sense, you know they can put it on the grill late, and we can all that they'll be ready at that time for WrestleMania. But I really enjoyed the the uh, the character work here from Dom. Um, I don't I don't mind not really having necessarily a build with the girls here because it's so character focused still. But um, do you agree with that sentiment, Rocco? And uh, is this the match, the right matchup for Rhea at WrestleMania? Was going back and choosing Charlotte going down this again? Yeah, I like it because uh, it's. I like it because I think the build. There's still like three weeks, right? So having all this character yeah. stuff with Dom and stuff, which is going to help Dom set up the Ray thing, I think is fine because you know you don't want to get blow your wad too smart, early. Actually. Yeah, so there's plenty of time. It and have I think to be like a long. Thing. 
Yeah, I think like you said, it, it's it's could just be two super athletes because that's really what they are. Like you, people kind of forget how crazy of an athlete Rhea was, like in terms of just athletic ability. You know, watch like early like the the May Young stuff. Like she can she could move like Charlotte. I think they're very evenly matched. So if you do like an angle Brock at uh, nineteen, just kind of these are the two super athletes in their division, and they're just gonna fucking dominate. It's tough with a lot of the other extra stuff with uh, Rhea and, and Dom, but. You can work your way around that. Dom's got his match with his dad the night before or something like that, whatever, you know, there's yeah. a way to get around it. So I think that would be the best way to do it. Just super athletes. And this is like, you know, give Rhea the, a big WrestleMania win and just have her be that person. And uh, you could slowly morph her into whatever you might need, but I'm really excited about the possibilities of this match. If it's going to just be that. Matt, will this uh, headline night one of WrestleMania? Um, I'm going to say no. My answer was different two weeks ago, but I think at this point you, you go with the hot hand uh, for both nights and you get the tag titles. I mean, you just listen to like the emotion from that Boston crowd when Jay Uso yeah. super kicked Sami Zayn. So I think they're going to end up giving the tag titles the night one spot. I don't know if that's a hot take at this point, but I just feel like in that spot, they're going to ride with the hot hand and maybe do a, like a night one co-main event or something like that. The only reason I think that it may go to this match is because one Rhea won the Royal Rumble and they may want to put a stamp on that. You know, Royal Rumbles are the main eventers. Two, Charlotte was low key taking out of the main event last year with Ronda. That was, you know, that was put to be the main event all the way till kind of the end where Stone Cold is like, yeah, I'll have a real match. And they're like, all right, well, this match, this feud is not hot. So let's go with the hot hand with Stone Cold. And three, it's like, do we, Rossi, the next question for you is with my statement of three is how much longer can Rhea be a baby face? If, if we have this big ultimate crowning moment at WrestleMania where it's the night one of WrestleMania where it closes, how much, you know, and it's a, it's, it's a great success, successful match. Um, it delivers and Rhea goes out and gets her revenge and finally beats Charlotte. How much longer can she actually stay a baby face here? I mean, it all depends. Like, like she'll get the pop at Mania when she wins. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, she comes out in Raw and calls the fans stupid. They'll still boo her. Um, so, I think people will play the game with her. I, I think that a heel that gets a babyface pops is way cooler than when babyfaces get heel heat, right? Which, that brings me to, you know, Charlotte. How long can she stay a baby? Um, as part of the same question, right? Um, I think she's been doing a pretty good job, all things considering. I've never really liked her babyface work, but she's definitely trying and panning to the crowd more, which helps. She's getting some decent reactions by doing it. So it's in an interesting spot. I mean, ultimately, I do think they end up maybe on different shows coming out of this, this whenever they do the draft. But, um, yeah, I mean, Rhea will probably stay heel just because Judgment Day will continue to do dastardly things. Um, but I, I feel like that's part of her allure. She'll be kind of that that badass heel that gets, you know, baby face pops when she gets entrances and then they get booed during the match. So what for, for that to happen, it means that you're working hard and you're making, making shit happen. So I think she'll pull it off for a little bit longer. And one last question to you all, Matt, I agree with what you said. So I'm not really going to ask you, um, should this main event night one, I think right now, the Usos and KO and Sammy should Rossi. I can understand both ways, like with the women main eventing because of the rumble. I think it makes sense. I do think that Sammy and them is the bigger match, but, um, you know, are you going to want to close with the same thing both nights? Maybe, uh, but who knows? 
It's also the result, too. What's the result of these matches? And Rocco, what do you think? Who should main event? I think the women's title should main event because I think the men's tag, if that's going to be the match, it could definitely be an opener for one of the two nights and be an insane opener with tons of time and uh, just people yeah. ravenous, you know? So that's a good call, too, also. So either way, we're 50-50. We're I don't think they can go wrong either way, but I would just, right now I'd lean the tag, you know, being the misogynist of my, myself or whatever. <laughs> All right, the next match here we'll jump on YouTube is Rey Mysterio versus Dom Mysterio. Or maybe all. It's not official, but we're just assuming. But anyways, um, this match has been rumored forever. It's been grown at forever. But, man, I don't know. Dom has really settled into this heel character. And honestly, it's I'm pretty anticipating this match way more than I would ever expect um, for a Rey Mysterio-Dom match. Um, Rey's been fantastic here as he's you know been really sympathetic with, like, he's been really good in that do I? Should I? Like, he's pissing me off, but he's my baby boy. I can't hit him. This is just a phase. He's, you know, he's off with this chick. He doesn't understand where he's at. He's confused. Just being the dad. Ray, for the last, really, ever since Dom turned on him, has been fantastic for character work. And you don't necessarily think Ray in character work. So, you know, Ray at the back nine of his career. Dom on the early T, really in the T box. Um, Man, can this match go out and deliver? Um, Rossi, I got a question for you. Dom and Ray actually happen at WrestleMania, or this is a, or could we get like a weird tag match? Let me throw one at you. Dom and Dom and Priest. Priest doesn't really have much of direction at WrestleMania versus Ray and Bad Money. Um, and then hold off on the singles match till you know Saudi Arabia or Backlash or whatever. Um, are we definitely getting one on one? Are you open to a tag here? I think this will be one on one, and then with the news that we got this week about um, Puerto Rico getting backlash, I, I would do the tag there. Okay, I got you. Um, Dom is an obviously natural here, but um, he's actually low key love now. Um, what is his actual ceiling with this character work, Rocco? Where is it at? Is he at his ceiling? Can he get better? Does he have a like a low key baby face role? Because he, he's kind of loved like these motherfuckers love this asshole you know what i mean but he's a dickhead what do you think rocco you're mr character work i i, I do see more of a listen you see you've seen plenty of kids whose dads are like athletes and then their kids get on the field and it's like oh well that ain't that great you know i've seen that happen plenty of times i don't know if it's always going to translate it doesn't seem to me like his matches are just fine but ray's big thing is being like the most emotive guy to ever wear a mask and his son has not learned that yet, but he's young. So, man, I don't see a, I definitely see him as a character. If managers were a thing, it would be incredible and give him time to learn. He's still young. At this point, I really have so little interest in seeing him as a singles that I see him more as a manager or in a tag team for a little while longer. And I think Santos would be a great partner with Ray. And it seems like they're really, I'm not, they put him with him for a reason, right? So Santos could carry pretty much any. Listen, he's had some pretty bad matches, some matches with against some real shady luchadors that I've seen in the past. So I think he could get a great match out of that that quadrant of dudes, and then save like a singles match for later down the line when Ray wants to retire I mean, or lose his mask or something. I don't know. We don't get we don't get a tag team with with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. We get Santos and said, and then Santos and Dom turn on Ray and they start this fucking Amen. Mexican cartel. And Judgment Day is no more. I don't like it. We'll see. All right, but but Matt, the story from this is, like I said, has been better than expected. Can the match live up to the hype of the story? 
Um, I think it can, and I'd like to actually throw a curveball. Do you think there's any chance we see maybe a mask on the line situation? Is Dom going to be the guy that rips off his father's mask? Do you think that's something that we could potentially see? I do think it's going to be a very emotional storytelling type match. I don't think it's necessarily going to blow the doors off the place, but I think it's going to be one that we're all going to kind of be on the edge of our seat, kind of just watching this dynamic of this father and son. And I do think the mask is going to play a big role. And I really wouldn't be surprised if we saw it come off at WrestleMania. I'm not you know, Ray's wife and Ray's wife and his daughter are definitely going to be front row. So it's definitely going to be an emotion match, right? Who better take off the mask, right? Well, here's the thing. They might be jumping the gun with the mask. That's something that they could maybe do for like a match two or a match three down the road. Well, then what's the step for Dom Weed? Career versus match or something like that. I don't know if we're there in the story yet, but I think it would be Dom Weed's Judgment Day, Ray with the mask, right? Something like that. And that's not, we're not ready for that yet. So I mean, he's been, he's been growing the the mullet out though for a while. And that always makes me feel like it'll be mask versus hair. Um, so I mean, you could do that, and you could do that in Puerto Rico, even. Um, or you can, you can just keep going with it. I mean, once we hit, you know, after May, there's what Money in the Bank, and then SummerSlam's four weeks after that. So there's big shows coming. I mean, I don't think this is going to be a one and done by any means. You think? No, uh, I don't really want it to do. I think it's been going good. All right, they're going to Puerto Rico. Abdul the Butcher joins the Judgment Day, comes out, (laughs) takes out Ray. Hey, if they got forks in their pocket, man, we might be in trouble. <laughs> All right, the last match we're going to hit here on YouTube would be John Cena versus Austin Theory. Cena and Theory has always been a thing ever since kind of Theory's come along. Looks like Cena. Theory looks like a Cena. Um, he carries himself like a young Cena. Many 25-year-old. He was a 25-year-old, and he idolized Cena. So it's kind of like a natural story. The promo Monday was interesting. The story of the script he built buried theory i guess not i guess he absolutely buried theory overhyped a cena clone heartless fake crowd noises boring etc etc um then say then he calls says it's a lose-lose situation and you know if if you beat me you have to live up to the hype if you lose it's everything i just said about you um you know he he pretty much called him heartless empty an empty character ran him down he he set him up to kind of to knock him down or to prove him. Um, so uh, I thought it was great delivery. Um, I think it man, Cena still got it, but you know, he still got tropes of where Cena kind of wasn't. I thought, like, was it the right call to go here? And you know, did he go too far? Did he? I love the bald line, so theory did get a little heat back, but he over he outdid it with the fake crowd noise, you know, breaking the like breaking the third wall too much is, is kind of the sentiment, like, did he go too far there or whatever? But it's Cena. He's a legend. He had a. He's not around, so he had to come in hot and really add a flame to this fire and get it going. Um, Matt, is Theory ready for this big mania spot? Um, yeah, I do. I think it's gonna be. I think it's a big spot for him. I. I do think he's gonna. He's gonna get the win. Um, I think he's ready for the spot, and I think over the past couple of weeks, as we as we've kind of seen him transition from the the theory holding the money in the bank briefcase cashing in on the United States. I think he's really stepped up to the plate over the past couple of weeks, puts on good matches, knows how to, you know, he's come a long way right in his career from, uh, from the Indies up to here. So I think he is ready for the spot. And I think in a, I think we're going to, he's going to prove it at mania with a win over Cena. All right. Perfect. If well, Rossi, I, let's go the other way. If Cena wins the belt, how long does he hold it for? Sorry. Rossi. 
That was Rocco's question. Sorry. Okay. Um, I don't see him winning it. If he does, I don't know, one night and then he loses it on Monday. But I mean, like you said, man, he devoured theory. He fucking ate him alive, man. Like it was, it was like that shit that people always talk about trips about triple H about eating people up. And like, if you beat a loser, then who you beat? And it, it just seems so fucking, I don't know, man. It kind of really was bizarre to me to watch him just fucking pretty heavy handed for a reason. We'll find out with that match. Come what, what that reason right, is. Right. Like, I think, Obviously, I don't think he's gonna get buried. Like he's, they're pretty invested with him. He's. I don't think. I don't think that. I just. That's. That's why it seems so weird that he just came out with this thing. That I don't know. It just seemed really weird. And the pumping and the sound is just like that whole like. Come on, everything else is real, fake, but this is real kind of thing. But yeah, I don't really like. I, I don't really I, like going there either. I, I would just love him, like especially after that promo, right? It'd be perfect for theory just to fucking destroy him, which would be. Great I also be like. think too. Um... We're kind of in crunch time right before Mania. So I think, you know, Cena's really good about making sure that he gets a really personal feud heading into WrestleMania, even if it's with like, you know, over the even over the course of like two or three weeks, right? So I don't think he's gonna be back on television, if I'm correct, until WrestleMania. So I think he tried to hit the biggest punch he could before WrestleMania to get as many people invested in this as he can. And I'm curious, I'm curious what, because apparently they filmed this backstage segment in like December, um, that that's in the can. So I'm curious what that is, because that could be our response to this. You know, I mean, everything that's seen is probably calculated. This match seems like it's been planned out for a while now. Um, So, you know, I'm willing to to let it play out. It, It was kind of annoying, like you guys said, but I'm sure there's a reason for it. I kind of wish it did have more time. It could be, you wish it could be a weekly thing. You could really have a whole, you were my idol. And he came out and said this terrible shit to me. And then, you know, have it really be a thing where you have some cool pieces. Cause he is a fan, right? I saw one a documentary with him too. And his mom was like talking about Cena and stuff. So you really could have had a cool thing, but listen, Cena can't be there all the time. This is what you get, right? Kind of, kind of sets up for like a really, really angry Austin Theory, right? To absolutely just—he needs an edge. That's probably the purpose mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, hiss out of his his former idol. Like uh, that's a really cool story there. Like Cena maybe went a little too heavy and maybe got a little too cocky and just kind of got blindsided at WrestleMania by by a kid. Be pretty cool. I'm for that. Now, uh, win or lose, Rossi, I think Theory's fine. Um, they've, they've showed that they're invested with him and he, he's strong enough to overcome a loss. Look at money in the bank. Right. Um, but where do you see theory at WrestleMania 40? Similar. I think like um, upper mid card, uh, maybe still in like a U.S. title met picture. I, I can't say that he's going to be elevated to a world title picture um, because I don't know who will be when one guy's had the title for almost a thousand days. Right. Um, so it, it's tough for me to really say he's going to get to that level because I feel like there's so many other people who have to jump to get to that. And and I feel like a guy like Gunther is kind of the young guy that's waiting in the wings for that main main level push. Um, but Theory's so fucking young. He doesn't have to have to worry about that shit yet. Um, so I would I would say similar spot, but maybe more with, you know, in a, in a more interesting position for him with him carrying more weight after he wrestled Cena one year than, you know, Cena carrying the weight this year, you know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but, you know, it's an interesting little resume he's got on him. He got that weird two, uh, tag match in the pandemic. He was on NXT in 30, uh, WrestleMania 37 where he was in, like, Johnny Gargano's corner. Last year he got the McAfee spot, which is huge because of Vince. And then he had the, the Austin angle afterwards, and now he's with Cena. So 
you know, he's his trajectory is so oh, with two belts, rocket, rocket 40. Yeah, with I was gonna say with two belts, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the mix with one of them. He's just I can just see him versus the babyface Cody Rhodes any point this year. You know what I mean? And maybe he doesn't overcome them right away, but I think that's a good spot for him to kind of just you know move his way up the card. All right, guys, that's it for YouTube. Let's check the rest of us out on the audio. You guys got anything to say to the audience before we get out of here? Matt, throw your you Matt, throw your plug your shit before we get out of here. Uh, I don't have much shit to plug at the moment, but you know you can find me on Twitter. Uh... At Maddie Cakes 2281, M A T T E Cakes 2281. I always try to post one pick a day on there. I always check out my articles on uh, Sports Gambling Podcast. Usually try to get one, at least one a week up there. So I appreciate it, guys. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to continue this just on the other side. All right, guys. We're back off of YouTube here. Uh, let's just jump right into the next match here. I got Gunther versus who? Uh, tomorrow or tonight on SmackDown is a five-way, uh, just a five-way fatal five-way. Sheamus versus Drew versus LA Knight versus Karrion Cross versus an injured Kofi Kingston. Um, so, Rossi, are we getting a ladder match? Do we need a ladder match? Where do you fall on this? Should Drew win it and be single? Should Sheamus and Drew have a double pin? Where are you at with all that? I think that um, Drew will win this one, and if they decide to put Sheamus in, they'll they still have a couple weeks to make it happen. Um, it's not like this Gunther Drew thing; they kind of already started the feud, and it's not like getting Sheamus into that would take a lot of work. So, um, yeah, let's do that. Let's just do Drew winning this and, and go from there. All right, that's cool. Uh, Matt, will there be a replacement? For Kofi, you know, he's out for two months or whatever, or we'll just be lowered into a four-way match. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be Xavier Woods. Um, I did see a little promo that they were doing for SmackDown on Instagram, and they were kind of doing, like, little little pictures of little gifts of all the wrestlers popping up for the Fatal Five-Way. And I did notice that they did a picture or a little quick, little quick snippet of Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. So I think they're kind of just kind of just waiting and they're just going to put Xavier Woods in there with a little quick backstage promo. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Rocco should Gunther survive WrestleMania as the intercontinental champion. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't think it needs to be a ladder match at all. I would, I, I wish they would do elimination and just have them just survive four dudes. You know, I think that would be or elimination. I want elimination. I don't need fatal four away, fatal five away. I want straight up, elimination or a gauntlet i don't mind that but i, I think, just think an actual elimination for gunther would be so cool to actually i don't know he has to beat everybody but instead of just one pin just to make it a nice long epic match with a different way than they usually do stuff because you don't need as much bowing out with that kind of style you know when you have eliminations you could have guys not be outside and waiting to pop in so i think it would be cool because they don't really do elimination style singles matches like that right so i think that would be cooler but i think gunther keeps this and i think it'd be That'll be a really cool thing for him to do to survive all those dudes because it just fits his character. And that's... Yeah, I think a ladder, a ladder match is lame. I'd leave that for stand yep. and deliver. But if the goal is to get the belt off Gunther, that's a way to do it without touching him at all, really. You just get it done. Out if of someone's going to beat him, though, shouldn't they beat this? Band? You know, it'd be cooler if they beat him at his, like, a real beat, you know? I think that's even cooler. No, I agree. But if you're going to accelerate him to the world oh, championship, okay. gotcha. Is you know, I don't know if he should be taking L's is kind of what I, the sentiment that I'm saying. But I do agree if if he's going to be not on the back burner, but if he's going to 
or put on ice if he's just going to be leveled. Yeah, give Sheamus the win. Sheamus has earned it. But or give even Drew the win because you know losing to Drew McIntyre ain't going to hurt you at all. Or a three way, whatever. So either or, I'm I'm good with it. Um, I just rather I'd want to see him. Even like Ultimate Warrior, just have him be the Intercontinental Champion until he gets to that world title, and then just have him give it to Mr. Perfect afterwards. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Pass it down to one of his one of his. Uh, yeah, there you go. Perfect. I like that. And he still has feuds like if you like you saying, a feud with McIntyre that could last a little while. Now there's still some feuds that he has that he hasn't uh, been on SmackDown or that he hasn't uh, gone through yet. So I think there's still uh, a lot of gas in the tank of a big Gunther run. Yeah, for sure. I think, but I don't. I don't know if that's as intercontinental champion. It's pretty much where. I'm, all right, it's Roman's world. Where is he? Right. Going? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He. Should, so, anyways, the next match we got here is Brock versus Almas. After pulling his trump card, your boy picked Almas. The MVP lounge segment was actually pretty cool. It was fun. I love the dynamic between MVP and Brock Lesnar there. Uh, give me a mix of Brock Lesnar and then Beatbox Brock's here, where you know we you get the cowboy, the ass kicker, Brock Lesnar. And then you got the fun-loving beatbox Brock side of him, where he's just, like, fun-loving, not really taking it serious, but at the snap of a finger, he can go fucking nuts, and he's fucking Brock Lesnar. He'll kill you. Uh, I don't know. Rossi, over-under two stars for this match, and over-under four minutes in total, bell-to-bell. Mania, I think it'll be more than four minutes, maybe, like, seven. Um, I mean, how long was the Braun almost match? Yeah, you know, about six or seven or so. Six or seven. Yeah. So that's probably about yeah, but, almost his hotspot. And I think that you're probably going to have bullshit with MVP that'll parlay, uh, parlay this into a longer match. Uh, maybe this, like we were talking about Bray and Lashley, like you can even make this like a no DQ. I feel like every Brock match is a no DQ anyways, um, except for obviously last month when they should have had a no DQ and they ended up kicking Lashley in the nuts. But um yeah, I think that you know there should be like the, some crazy like like outside spot like kind of like like you know maybe almost throws him through something or so, or you know, maybe a table spot with Brock something like that. So I mean I could see this being you know six seven minutes or so two stars. I'm gonna say it's gonna go over that because I think Brock I think they'll have it nice and planned out and Brock will want to work hard and I mean ultimately that F5 to end the match is going to be fucking awesome. So the only reason I say uh, four minutes, is just, oof, you know, if, if it's a straight singles match, that means we're going to have to have a heat segment for, for Brock to get a beat down by almost. And man, I don't know if we're ready for that. I don't know if I could uh, believably say that, but anyways, whatever. Um, what's next for Brock Rocco, you know, the contract, you know, his contracts up saying goodbye to people backstage. That's such a tactic to, for Brock to have negotiation. Remember when he quit during SmackDown and he came back and got handsomely paid, uh, with Vince kind of flirting around. I don't think Brock's really necessarily going to go anywhere, but, um, what do you think's next for Brock Lesnar after this almost match? It's such a weird match. Um, I like to just see him go like, do like a Strowman. Cause it's like, he hasn't had like, a feud like a feud feud besides like a roman for a while right i can't really think of a a real thing that he got his teeth into as a feud so give him these big crazy matches i guess right give me a bro brawn like that was such a weird thing that got really big on the uh people talking about the the punching and the the shoot aspects of that match like and things getting a lot of hands so give him that again like brawn doesn't really have much to do he's not even on this card yet so you know, it'd be a cool thing to give Brock, and uh, if he is leaving, then, you know, I I mean, I, Braun's annoying to me, but get him, get him over, and I don't know, that's a good way to go, I think. All right, what's next for almost, Matt? Um, 
I don't know. I don't really think almost the ceiling is much higher than this. Um, I don't want to say unfortunately, but I don't really think his ceiling is much higher than than the match with Brock at WrestleMania. You go back and kind of look at his track record. You know, he'll do the occasional four-on-ones on Raw and the three-on-one handicap matches. He'll do the spectacle stuff, and that's kind of – I think that's really just going to be his ceiling. You know, he's going to be the spectacle guy. I really would not be shocked if they split up MVP and Omos after WrestleMania. Uh, it kind of seems like they're going the Hurt Business route after WrestleMania. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked there, but I really think his ceiling is just going to be those – those big pay-per-views, those those uh, those spectacle matches, right? They're not necessarily dream matches, but they're they're spectacle matches. We're gonna check in. I'd like to see them go back to Braun and Omos because that was really cool. Like they did a lot of cool stuff in that match. Um, so I think you know you're gonna find the next bigger guy and you're gonna put him in the ring with Omos at the next bigger pay-per-view. What's next for Omos is the European Basketball League. That's what I'm guessing. <laughs> oh jeez, that's that's a rough call. I don't know. Almost, I could, I just see him as a muscle or a tag guy with like, not with AJ, but like with the equivalent of AJ Styles again. Just a fun tag team that works. Or have them if they're gonna redo the hurt business with if it's with Cedric and Lashley and Shelton, or even if it's like MVP posted the Street Profits and Carmella with almost in the background. Just he he has value adding something to a group. I don't think he's gonna be able to. St- he just, I want to have him stand alone right now. He's the least interesting there. Maybe All like right. something when you bring like a Braun up, you have Braun take him. Like he's that guy that gets beat. Kind of like how they were using the big show at the end. You know, just like a big guy that is always going to be physically intimidating. But, you know, no one really is that invested in, but it's impressive when you beat him. You know, it's not a bad thing to do. I'd like to see him become like a heavy for someone. I know. Um, yeah. The YouTube we were talking earlier about, you know, it's going to take a few steps for us to get there. But what about like a Weasley little Dom Mysterio in a post-Judgment Day WWE where he's got a big giant almost behind him and he can kind of get away with whatever the hell he wants? What if he's, uh, to piggyback off that, what if he eventually is Carmelo Hayes' Trick Williams in the main roster? Like yeah, just the guy, the guy in his corner and, you know, Carmelo's not a big guy. So I think the shoot kind of fits there. You think they're gonna do Trick Williams dirty like that? I I, I don't know what that guy's value is, but I know well, that's last. Is a lot of charisma. In NXT, they've been kind of testing him out a little bit with Ilya and kind of doing his own thing for a little bit, see what he's got. So I can definitely see something splitting off. Yeah. Not like as a few, but just to kind of you know, kind of like what they did with Carmella with Enzo and Cass back in the day, type of thing. Like you ain't ready to go up yet, so there's more if you there's more in you long term if you stick around. But why do we keep fantasy booking almost here? <laughs> All right, the next match we got here is Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Now I want to call I don't want to really necessarily call Belair a stale character, and I don't want to say Belair has to lose at wrestlemania uh but i don't know it's is she dull we'll get into that in a second oscar's character after returning at rest at the royal rumble in this like killer clown ca- character has been really cool but she's still a baby face so it's just like all right we have these two baby faces let's insert these two heels into it to kind of that's like a trope for like look at Shawn michaels and john cena at wrestlemania that's like kind of a trope let's team them together baby faces heading into wrestlemania you know we don't really necessarily want to turn any one of them right away so let's just kind of have them go partner up and give them something to do till before wrestlemania and then you know of course we throw a little wrenches in there or whatever and they get whatever so whatever but um oh 
I definitely feel like with the way Oscar's character has returned as a babyface with heel vibes or Belair, again, I don't necessarily want to call her stale, but I'm going to call her stale in a way with this plucky hair twirling, you know, look, you know, just athletic baby face. Um, I don't want to say that she's stale, but I just care. The, the match is definitely interesting to me, but the characters meshing, it's just kind of like, Know, where are we going with this? Like, there's kind of really no juice going into this match. Um, the last two weeks, it's really been designed to put together the two girls. I like the pairing. We'll get to that in a second. But um, I don't know. With all that being said, Matt, said Matt um, will either will both of these girls be baby faces? Let's say two weeks after WrestleMania. Uh, I sure as hope not. But uh, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm right with you. Where I've been extremely disappointed with the build up to this match. I thought we were, you know. I thought we were going to really try to revamp Oscar here as, you know, this this kind of this killer in the ring. And I think it's really been a, a missed opportunity. Um, I, I could maybe see it happening on the Raw after Mania, kind of like this Mania is going to be like two two kind of respectable baby faces going at it and seeing who the best woman is at the end. And then kind of like how Nakamura turned at the end of um, their, his match with AJ Styles. And we get kind of that that nastier side of Oscar. That's kind of what I'm hoping for after Mania. Yeah, it's like, all right, are we not really necessarily getting too deep into the characters here because we anticipate something to happen at WrestleMania with, to tweak either one of their characters, or they had they go out and have this babyface match. It's a good match, so on and so forth. And then the night after WrestleMania is when one of them would make that character tweak. I don't know, so I don't, whatever. But I've really dug Carmella and Green here. Uh, Rocco uh, in a good way, especially I I just it's two things. Were they put together to help the Carmella feud? I mean, were they put together to help the Bianca and Oscar feud or were they actually put together for each other? What do you think, Rocco? No, I think it's like you said, where it's like put together to give Oscar and Bianca the opportunity to have partners who don't get along and then they have to fight the bad team. And then, you know, they're going to bump into each other on the raw before mania and then oh they have to you know it's going to be the thing like you were saying the triple h cena thing but hopefully that will be a accident or a, a happenstance that brings about what wow this is a pretty cool fucking combination of uh chicks here so uh i mean carmel is good with everyone they've ever put her with yeah you know? she's good she's just low tier every tag team she gets put in it's a cool idea for a tag team right so um yeah i think them go to tag team division it's gonna be great after this having the feud rubbing uh rubbing elbows with the top tier people and uh yeah like i agree with both you guys about the whole stale is just it's just it's the same thing as like they did with cena cena stayed the same 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 way for a while because he's an over baby face that everyone loves right so they don't have to tweak it but you have this evil clown (laughs) oscar who's coming in and then she's doing psychological warfare in the beginning and now she's kind of not and it's like, yeah, she's found her groove. And it's just like that this feuds needs something. But why is she still a baby? Like, not yeah. that she needs like, like, what? where's the juice with her? It's kind of weird. I feel like a lot of the feuds that aren't the bloodline feuds all right now are a little waiting, right? Like we're in a weird pattern. We still have three weeks. So I think all a lot of the feuds are still kind of in that period. So I hope things kick up and uh, a savage Oscar, just pure heel attack on uh, Bianca, even if she doesn't win the belt would be great at Mania, right? And just turn it completely. Yeah, it's like dipping their toes. They could, like you said, there's three, four weeks they could be waiting. Uh, Rossi, right now I ha- I think perhaps 
maybe Asuka should win this to kind of alter Belair's character. Um, Belair would be a champ for a year at WrestleMania. Does it need to go on to 13, 14, 15 months? I'm not necessarily sure. Um, it's like, does Asuka alter her character and become victorious here? And does Be- does Belair need to win three WrestleManias in a row? She's pretty much established. Yeah, and that that's exactly it. I feel like she doesn't need the third win in a row. She is who she is at this point. Um, and, and I think, like I've been saying for, for months now, I feel like she needs to be healed. Um, the character is kind of stale. She doesn't get the pops that she used to. Um, and a lot of that has to do with how it's been booked. Like, I don't put all of that on her. Um, she was red hot for the Becky feud um, until SummerSlam. And then it became Bailey, which had its moments, but it also had its moments when it stunk. Um, and then she just kind of been saddled. I feel like ever since Becky came back, she's kind of been second fiddle um, as far as like programming went. Um, the Bailey and Becky feud always felt bigger than whatever Bianca was in. Um, and I mean, and that's, that was a feud with Alexa. So I can't really knock her for that. I just feel like she's been kind of, I don't know, like not taken like as a serious part of the show um, as she should have been as a champion for this long. It just like, remember when, when Roman had his title for that first year, it was a big deal when you hit a year. And I feel like they haven't really even talked about that much in regards to Bianca. Uh, so I would have her lose. I think Asuka is also an opportunity for Triple H to kind of make right what Vince kind of fucked up when he had her lose that streak at, um, I mean, I'm not even saying he fucked it up because I I don't even mind that Charlotte won that at the time, but like it kind of killed her momentum when that happened. Right. So this is a way to kind of turn that around. And and ultimately, you know, when they did the character tweak, they've done everything they should have done with Oscar since she came back. Um, She kind of ran through, ran rampant through that chamber. Um, It's kind of the Shayna Baszler push again, but, you know, they should be able to finish the story the right way this time. Mike makes a good point about like her having all these matches. And when you look at like Roman, who I, you know, there's the, the, the champ who's not on a lot. And then someone like Bianca, who's just been on constantly and they rely on her to have good matches on almost every raw. So like you're saying, like she's fought everyone so many times on raw, it does lessen it, right? Like you've seen her so much. There's, she's had the same, she's like Roman is, is hidden away and you get to see him for these little glimpses. And when he has a match, it's important seeing Bianca has become less of an important thing. So maybe she does need to lose it and just, you know, disappear for a tiny bit, just a little bit. So she's not on every Monday having matches that aren't that important. Right. Something like that might help. She also has the um, reality show with her husband going on. Could be taping right now. I'm not necessarily sure. So we could see a tweak in both of those characters. So I don't know. Does who, who real, real around the horn real quick? We're having some decent discussion about this. Um, who has more upside as a heel, and who needs it more? Is it Asuka, who, who's going to be over as a babyface, who's a forty-year-old woman, and she'll be over as a babyface? But as a heel, she—I don't necessarily want her to turn heel and lose to Belair because it kind of zaps her in the ass right away. Or Belair, who's been you know pretty hot for three, four years ever since coming up to the main roster, but now is doing this reality show. Does it make sense to turn her heel with Montez? I don't know. What do you guys think? Let's start with you, Rocco. I kind of would love, and it's because because Damage Control exists and Damage Control was is what it is. But Oscar to join a faction with like a Sonya or someone. Like a someone, I'm just naming names of people that aren't doing much, but her to join a faction as she's like the big bad monster, and she just needs like the Bobby Heenan to talk for her a little bit, which would always be cool, and have someone else in a group, or even just one other person 
I think that would be the best thing for Asuka, like a heel Asuka with someone else, either one or two other people, maybe just one, maybe a manager wrestler kind of person that could do a lot of the the, the lifting and Asuka is the killer that you know is the big bad. Something like that, I think, would be great for Asuka. Cool. Matt, you know. do you, uh, which one do you think needs it more? Which one do you would you know work out better? I have to say, as we were all kind of talking and I was doing, I was listening, uh, I, I really dig the idea of like, you do like a dual Montez Ford, Bianca Belair kind of power couple, kind of maybe like a Miz and Maurice light kind of heel turn situation. I think that would be really cool. Uh, that I think it's kind of the natural progression of things, right? Bianca has been a, a face for so long and I don't really, I think the only thing that can kind of really get the attention back on her is a heel turn. Um, and I think it's just going to be part of the star building process for Montez Ford, right? Um, he had that awesome showing at the Elimination Chamber. He kind of showed that he could stand by himself. Kind of feels like the next step to get him to be that massive baby face that, you know, that everyone wants to see is to have him turn on Angelo Dawkins. And you kind of get that, uh, you get the sympathy from Angelo Dawkins. Uh, you get, you know, and then you kind of maybe get like a Montez Ford, Bianca Belair kind of kind of power couple situation, like like a Miz and Maurice Light, you know, because they got their show. You know, they both, you know, they, Montez Ford, you see him come out, he always dresses really nice. You know, you got Bianca Belair by his side. I think it'd be a really, really cool little little story there. All right. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah, I was that? originally, before you even said that, I was thinking about, oh, they've got the show coming, so she has to be the baby. But. Then, you know, when as soon as you said Miz and Maurice, they, they've been heels the whole time and it's been fine because, I mean, we're not talking about a reality show that they need to get a million viewers on. Right. Um, they just need to make sure that it does similar good enough to keep doing it. And, you know, wrestling fans are going to watch it because people are fucking marks. And, and that's just how that it is. Um, it's not like uh, Total Bella's level where, you know, that might pop a ton more viewers and kind of appeals to women. This is going to be for both of them. So I think it's an appeal to the wrestling fan and. And, you know, I, I like whatever they do to make her more interesting. I'm cool with even if it's tweaking the baby character a little bit. I just feel like they've kind of lost the plot with Bianca a little bit. Not to veer so far down this rabbit hole, but does anyone know which channel that is on? I'm assuming E-Network, right? Or I'm assuming USA, USA, USA or E. So a wreckable, you know, it's, it's on a pretty good network. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. I'm sorry. It's on Hulu. I just looked it up. Hulu. All right. I actually yeah. like that. I like that more. I'm not going to lie. So, so I, gonna, but I don't think, I, I feel like that even more so doesn't mean, I mean, that shouldn't dictate what her on screen character is, you know? No. So is are they, is that mean that it's all on at once? No, Hulu does uh, usually weekly ones. Gotcha. And they have the replay rate. So it may have uh, factored in because that was a big deal back in uh, a little while ago. And they kept uh, negotiating the replay rights to get them to line up to the actual TV rights. So that might have been a part of yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, stag- that was just staggered contracts. That had nothing to do with it. No, but I'm saying they might have put this in there as a way to like have more content on the channel because they know they're bouncing. Maybe something like and, that. Uh, yeah, and it might even be something, too, that they could probably easily get the rights to to put on um like peacock like not long after it finishes airing first time on hulu you know all right coming soon to the no so network rocco's reality corner i like it <laughs> it'll be interesting. all right the next match the next match we got here is edge versus finn balor guys this has been going on for like a year um it's not necessarily there's so much to jump into that i don't really necessarily want to go down that road but anyways the last time we saw these guys at the elimination chamber where edge and beth phoenix defeated 
uh, Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley, where Edge got the pin on Finn. Pretty good match, actually. Anyways, so we, they had a very they had a very heated I Quit match at Extreme Rules, where Edge um, said I Quit to Finn. So it is you know quote unquote one to one. Does this match warrant Hell in the Cell, Rossi? I think it does strictly because it'll keep the judgment day away. Um, and I feel like that's something that they kind of have to do for this match to, I mean, how are you going to do that without putting them in a cell? Right. Because they're going to always be powerful. Or something. Yeah. yeah. You don't want them to look bad um, by not being available here. Uh, so especially because at least two of the other three are going to be in a major match on the shows as well. Um, so yeah, I think it fits for that whole reason. Um, and Edge kind of, I mean, he had that banger one with um, Rollins. It kind of, it's not his match, but he can easily say, like, he's like a Hell in a Cell guy. So you can get to that pretty, pretty easily, I think. Yeah, just don't give me last man standing. Uh, Rocco, is Demon, is the Demon coming back? Is this feud Demon worthy? What do you think, buddy? Uh, the demon is a weird thing because it's always been a like a good guy thing for Finn. Yeah. I mean, when he was in uh, Japan, he would dress. That was just his gimmick, and he was bad guy the whole time. So he's been like his good guy, like power up kind of move. So it seems weird to me to have him coming out and doing that. Also, doesn't Hell in a Cell seem weird at WrestleMania too? Maybe I'm just being strange. Something about it just. I don't know. Well, with a Triple H Hell in a Cell. I'm not saying I don't know. Saying they they can't be a good match. I don't know. Something about WrestleMania and a Hell in a Cell always just seems a little odd to me. But that's just be like the optics of thinking about it too much. But yeah, I don't see it as a a, a heel demon thing. Seems kind of strange to me. Maybe it's a niche thing for me, but I'm I always associate having having one good Hell in a Cell match at at WrestleMania. I think back to like. The Shane McMahon Undertaker one. I think back to the Triple H Undertaker one, and there's got to be another one on there. I like I like one good rogue Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. I really do. Back to the Demon thing too. Um, when he was in Japan, it was a lot of like different characters that he would do, um, and just like especially for like his big matches. So I, I think that it could definitely be like a play on the Demon, but be a little bit darker, like heel healier. Well, well it wasn't word, really but... called the demon. He was just no. kind of cosplaying in Japan. No, like that's he what I mean. Jack the Ripper, and he would just yeah. do random shit. So I could kinda... see yeah, monetize that shit in the yeah. WWE. Yeah. So I could see them doing it, like you know, it's still demon, but it's like a darker demon, and it's like a different way that they could sell a new action figure, something like that. Like maybe like more like all black face pain, and have him continue to be like a cheating you know, piece of shit, basically. Um, I think they can make it work as a heel. It's just, you know, that initial pop will be kind of weird, but have him come out first and then edge pop will blow the roof off the place anyways. So I I think without the demon music as well and the intro and the beats and stuff, it'll be like, if you just do judgment day music, it'll definitely be more heelish than, because that was bone, like that chilled my fucking soul. Yeah, that's what, that was what was over, honestly. Like, not saying he wasn't, but that entrance was the baby face entrance because yeah. it was like, I was like Undertaker 2.0. Yeah, and the build, oh yeah, it was, yeah, chills, man. So, yeah, agreed. Matt, can the Judgment Day enter another tier here? And does Finn need to win this to get there? Um, I think, the, I, I think 2023 is going to be a big year for the Judgment Day. Uh, I think I was I was definitely one of the one of the people that was spe- skeptical on the entire thing when they booted out Edge 
I thought it was a really cool thing in the moment, but I was a little skeptical. But I think they're actually going to continue to grow. I, I would, uh, I'd like to see, you know, a couple more people join the Judgment Day. And I think, you know, I think 2023 is going to be a big year for the Judgment Day. I actually think Rhea Ripley being the women's champion is going to be kind of the main champion of the group. Uh, and I think that'll be really cool. And maybe down the line, if we split up the tag titles, you get like a Dom and Damian Priest. And then you get Rhea as the women's champion. I think it'd be a really cool cool visual to see no, i agree with that uh, too uh just around the horn guys edge finn who's gonna win this i'm actually curious i see it like 50, if we were doing bang odds here it'd be like 50 50 split rocco who do you think uh i think finn i think edge would want finn to win it too in uh real life yeah rossi i think finn has to win especially with how they, they did last month and then matt yeah it's gonna be finn Oh, I guess it's not 50-50. Oh, look at me. But I, I guess, mean, put it I this way. He just lost. To edge. You know, it depends he just on... got pinned by Gargano. Like, you can't turn around and have him lose again, you know? Yeah, but he's a fucking dweeb. Like, I don't know what the upside is. He's he's like a 42-year-old guy. It's like, well, if he's a dweeb, who's Gar- what's Gargano? Gargano. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's it was a that that match was meaningless in the grand scheme of things. Edge did a run in, and it was oh it was, yeah, it was harder to get anything than anything else. It was, it was, it just based off the fact that he got pinned last month too, and then he got like on the pay per view. I think he's got to win. I've been too. I can just see them wanted to go happy, go lucky with Edge. Say if Theory wins, if say if a lot Gunther wins, a lot of heel wins. I can see they wanted to go one, one night heavy with the babyface win and give it to Edge. I will say this. It's I too, and Roman's winning, you know. And it's unfortunate because I think it's going to be hell on a cell. But I do think that the Judgment Day is going to get into that cell somehow, and it's not going to be a clean win, even though that's the whole purpose of the cell. Yeah. I do think that WWE has a tendency nowadays to make the Hell in a Cell a very out, out everyone outside the cell come on in event. So I, I do think that Finn's going to win, but I do think the Judgment Day is going to get inside that cell. Well, here's but, something for you. What if, what if they say Judgment Day is banned from ringside? But that debuts somebody else to help Finn, and that's a new member of Judgment Day. Like that yeah, Judgment. They had a day at a debut last year, so a debut this year to fuck Edge would be kind of apropos. And then uh, I've already got in my mind who that should be. <laughs> Dude, do you guys do you guys feel the same thing or, or no? Who Cameron Grimes? Who you got? Jay White. Oh. I had him. I have him beating Cena the next night. But yeah, I don't mind that at all. You can play off the Bullet Club stuff, and you know every time, the whole entire time, Jay White was a uh, was the top heel in New Japan. It was as the the leader of the Bullet Club, and he can kind of they they can kind of all go their own ways and still you know have each other's back. So I think it could work. And you could introduce him without people having to know he's the main guy, right? He just comes in as a member of the Judgment Day for people that it's don't a pretty know. Big spot though, too, yeah. And uh, yeah, for people that do know, it's like, oh, all right, well. I think Rossi's right, but I'm gonna hold out hope that they they get Von Wagner in there somehow. <laughs> but then you could then you could do a Jay White edge match too, and I mean that's a pretty good fucking way to introduce Jay White. Ryan, you made a good point about how he's a, Finn Balor's a dweeb. It's like he, he was portrayed as such a cool guy for a while, and I don't know if it was him playing with Legos in his hometown or what happened, but. I yeah, like him. Like, Don't get oh, me wrong. It's no, just, I think he's an insane wrestler, but some something about the uh, the presentation just became off for me. <laughs> I always thought he's been a fucking dweeb. 
<laughs> I thought he's a kind of cool dude, but yeah, it's interesting that he just well, I mean, he's playing the role. That's what he's supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, even before this, I've always thought he was. <laughs> post, how about post mania? They throw a little uh, JB JD McDonough into the uh, Judgment Day. You know, Finn Balor's a guy that was trained him, and I can just see him fitting. And it's a good spot for him. That's a guy that they like. He's been in NXT a while. He was in UK for a while. Uh, he's got some, you know, baggage that he's kind of cleared out. Uh, I could see him fitting on a lower level, too. You know, they need a heater, a guy to kind of like butch for the brawling brutes type of guy that just you know, let, let him find his footing on the main roster. And that's a good spot for him. And then you get oh, him and Dom. Then, then him and Dom have friction because Dom's like, why'd you bring this new dude in? And you got a little internal friction. And uh, yeah, I have to say, too, when's the last time WWE had like a good, solid main event level bigger stable like a five or six person plus stable it has to be the nexus right yeah right off the top of my head yeah so or I'd the like social out- or the social outcasts <laughs> I, 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 plus it's got plus it's got a different feel because it's got like a super high-end woman too which yeah. that, yeah. that can That's kinda, what I like about. and like dom's like a connection to her and then priest is just kind of like the guy that like he's the muscle basically in this in this yeah. group. So he like that's why I think you bring a guy like Jay White in. You know, it's not like, like he can go after one title and Finn can go after the other. And you know, it could be something that they just you know they're just a dominant feel like a bullet club that you know dominates the show and and that's kind of what the, I mean. There's a connection. They know each other. Um, who knows what you do down the road? Then you can bring AJ back and. Whenever he's healthy, that's a that's an easy feud too. So, and they've already done Judgment Day, but it's a little bit different feel when it's now Jay White involved too. And then you can kind of do even more of that Bullet Club stuff. So, um, there's a lot you could do if you do that. It just it feels like it's a comfortable way to introduce Jay. One more. Yeah, I'm not opposed to putting Jay White with him at all. I just think it's let's just add a bunch of guys. You know what I mean? Then you can have friction guys move in and out. But anyways, I think the Judgment Day is definitely have some legs on it, and it should continue past WrestleMania. And I do agree that Finn should get the win. All right, the next match we got here is Becky Lynch and Lita, and Trish Stratus versus Damage Control of Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. Um, so pretty much this has been going on since Becky returned at, at the Elimination cha- or excuse me, at the Survivor Series. They had the, the cage match, which we thought was the blow-off, but this leg continued to get legs and legs and legs. Uh, Becky and Lita won the tag title belts about a, two weeks ago on Raw or so. Um, oh, it's it's okay. It's probably it's, – it's it's filler a little bit, whatever. But um, there's a lot of the, – the, the rumor is there's that there's a lot of twists and turns in this, especially including the women's tag, and who even knows if – Either one of these girls will have the belts come WrestleMania. And if so, oh, Meltzer's over here chirping that they might have two matches. And I doubt that Lita is going to go out there and have two matches if you watched her wrestle. No offense, Lita, but you look like you look like your, your age in the ring. But, you know, you're a legend and whatever. So, um, I don't know. Um, the story kind of stinks, but it's there. It's not bad. It's just kind of boring. And that's why it stinks, because it's boring. And, you know, there's so much talent here that you kind of just whatever but you know rollest of tides to trish you know she's she's peeking there but rocco is this the right call to go with a six man at wrestlemania or six woman excuse me if this is oh i guess i would <laughs> much better than ronda and Shayna doing anything um i think the uh they biffed the uh damage control tag run a little bit so yeah i would much rather see this six way than any kind of weird tag they're gonna finagle with ronda and Shayna just to 
get Ronda on the card for some reason. Like, whatever, dude. No one cares about her anymore. No one cares about her right now. Just save her. Put her against uh, who? Give uh, Rhea her after Rhea wins the title and have her kill Ronda, and then she never comes back again. So, I mean, it's a cool thing. There's not a lot of old dudes like WrestleMania is not bolstered by old guys coming back this year, but they have, you know, yeah, it's cool to do it with the women. Yeah. It's cool to have Trish and, and uh, weed on there who were just insanely over like, which is great. So yeah, I mean, Trish having a pin or even Trish turning like Trish could turn on them and still it, the crowd's going to lose their fucking minds, you know, cause they love her so much. She's above any kind of heel face kind of thing. So I don't know. You get Trish on WrestleMania. I'm all for it. Yep. Um, Ronda and Shayna versus Becky and Lita. Your boy Meltzer was spitting out the other day over at Rossi. Um, can you get the belts off of Ronda uh, or Becky and Lita in the meantime to give Ronda and Shayna something to do at WrestleMania? Or is like Becky and Ronda going to have a weird matchup with no heat at WrestleMania in a tag match? Or is that just Meltzer spitting out of his mouth, talking out of his mouth? Or is are we going to get some weird gauntlet tag match just to get Shayna and Ronda? I don't, I doubt Ronda Rousey is not on the card in LA <laughs> at WrestleMania. So uh, what do you think of all this mess? Um, I think that sounds like Dave just knowing that Ronda's got a match and trying to make sense of it. Um, when he doesn't know what the ultimate match is, right? Um, because even when she was hurt, um, when she got hurt doing something, God knows what, she lives a wildlife. Yeah, react um, something, whatever. Yeah, so she got hurt. She was shoot sling. They had to change what was supposed to be a tag match on, on SmackDown last week. Uh, they Everybody was saying she will be good for WrestleMania. Um, I don't think that that's changed in two days. I don't think they would make that decision in two days and just not like pull Ronda Rousey off of Mania. And if they did, then why has she even been around? You know what I mean? Um, so she came back to TV with the injury. Um, they're continuing to push them as a tag team. I could honestly, and they've been saying on you know social media and, and everywhere, you know, we're coming for the tag titles. Um, she's had interactions with Bailey about that. Um, hasn't been with Becky, but I could very easily see. I mean, it's a, it could be silly that they just do. You know, they call out Becky and Lita to come to SmackDown one week and they come the next week and they have a match and like an impromptu match, kind of like when Ronda lost the title to Charlotte. Everybody that came out of nowhere. Um, You don't have to do a long match. You can just have Bailey come in and fuck fuck them over. And, you know, Lita getting rolled up or tapping out to Ronda in like two, three minutes is not necessarily going to hurt your your six man at Mania. Right. So you, you can't have Lita wrestle two matches at Mania. She was a fucking abomination on that Raw match. Um, You're was, right, but she was that bad. But. The, the, go, go watch that uh, Twist of Fate. Oh, my God. It was brutal. See, the, the moonsault still looks good. I, I will give her that. It's, but it's the, not as good as it used to, but you don't else. expect it to. But everything else was so slow. I felt sure. bad for EO having to sell for that shit. Um, but it is what it is. Um, I just can't. Who would they who would they fight at WrestleMania? That's what I'm getting to. So next. then that's Liv and Raquel. Just makeshift team that. I mean, uh, that gives Liv should be on the show. So I, that's you can even start putting them together now. Um in one way, shape, or form. Um Liv's still out doing a ton of shit for media and stuff. She was in New York at the Knicks game last night. I mean, everybody are 
Tuesday night. Everybody saw it because it was meme worthy. Um, I think that Liv is going to still fit into this card, and it's got to be a part of a tag match at this point. Yeah, that, that's not a bad option. Or they just do some weird gauntlet. But I don't know who – they got to get the belts on someone else because I – like I'm banging my fist on the table saying there's no way Becky and Ronda should have another match at WrestleMania with no hype and no build in a, in a throwaway tag where they're having a six-person tag the night before or the night after. It's like, what are we doing? I'm yeah, not, just don't do it. Yeah. Ugh, what are we what are we doing there? We're leaving money on the table. Ugh, brutal. But anyway. But also like this like back to what we were saying earlier about Chelsea and um and uh Carmella, the entire thing backstage when they came together was Chelsea was gonna help her get on the mania card. Yeah, um, that's as part of that I, match. So that's where maybe it is like a three or four team thing. Um and I mean, they're obviously that could be something that oh, you want a WrestleMania match? Well, here's a WrestleMania match against Ronda Rousey uh, as part of a four four person. It's just I feel like that's going to be a way to get the women on the card. Yeah, they don't have uh, the battle royal for the women. They don't have enough people, so an yeah. Eight man, so just do yeah, some bullshit. Yeah. yeah, do some bullshit to get people on the card that have earned it over the last year, um, and then go from there. Matt, is this a waste of Becky at WrestleMania 39? Um, I kind of think the opposite. I kind of think it feels like a Hail Mary attempt to try to keep Becky relevant. Um, like you said, we go back a couple WrestleManias, right? I was at the WrestleMania. She main evented and won against uh, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte. And arguably she was the big, the biggest thing going in WWE, like pre pandemic. Right. So, and before yep. she ended up going away on a maternity leave. So this kind of feels like a, I, I think the way I see this shaking out is, Unfortunately, I think we might genuinely get Becky and Lita wrestling twice, uh, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Call me crazy, but I think it's as simple as, you know, Ronda and Ronda and uh, what's her name there? Uh, I, I apologize for Shana. not Ronda and Shayna calling them out and saying you think you're going to get away going through WrestleMania without defending your tag titles. And then you can also do. You know, uh, what's his name there? The general manager. I'm terrible with names tonight. Jeez. Pierce. Uh, you could say Adam Pierce is, you know, you have them go and complain to Adam Pierce and say, hey, we want to get on WrestleMania. And Adam Pierce says, okay, you guys get to face Ronda and Shayna and, you know, to see if you can get into WrestleMania and make it a triple threat. They end up not getting to WrestleMania and we get night one, the six man tag or night or night one, the tag titles and then night two, the six man tag. I think it's a very easy way to give Becky Lynch a quote unquote big role at WrestleMania, even though it's not, but it is the, she'd be the only person with two matches on the card, if that makes sense. So it does feel kind of like a hail Mary to get Becky Lynch in a quote unquote prominent spot at WrestleMania, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's just kind of like, all right, let's, this is all about Becky. Damage control is whatever. Let's just prolong that to get Becky in us on the big stage of it all because she's a big star. We can get two Hall of Famers, two of the biggest women in our past, team up with Becky as this super team. It's just getting the belts on them is, yeah, it's fun, but it's just it's just weird and clunky at WrestleMania. And, we again, we have a month to get there, so I'm sure by the end of the day it'll be out, but whatever. What I hear, So what about, what about MSG at the house show? What can they do something wacky there and kind of make that newsworthy? Yeah, I'm down with that. That's fine. Just... The, the other thing too about is Lita, that I... is Lita working a house show? 
Well, that's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's uh, she could. I mean, they're in Providence on Monday. That's Sunday in New York. I think it's doable. I mean, there's there's just just I mean, that that's what I what popped up to my head just now. Like thinking about how they're going to get it. I mean, they'll try to buzz and they could do that. You know, Ronda might not be ready for Sunday, but you don't have to be to do something like that. But um, and then the other part of the Carmella Chelsea thing that, I, that also just dawned on me is the entire time that they were talking about that backstage. Pierce heard them talking about it, but then didn't interrupt them, and then just went in the other direction. So they were obviously yeah, bashing. Just, you know how goofy they are, though. They're just. Oh yeah. So, but 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 that ultimately, I mean, Pierce has been the entire story this whole time has been Chelsea. Oh, I want a match. Okay, go wrestle Oscar. Okay, I want a match. Go do this. It's like pretty much like a handicap match because it was everybody surrounding the ring. So, like, I feel like that's going to tie into something, and it, it just builds up her character if she gets forced into a match with Ronda and has to get tapped out. You know. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Chelsea Green and Carmella as a number one contender's winner gets to go to WrestleMania match. I don't know how we get there, but I think that's that's where we're going because it kind of seems like. Or what if they do like a four team gauntlet for a shot at Raw on Monday? I like that. That's something out of the box. I definitely like that. That's I think that's something AEW does, right? Like the winner gets, you know, gets the. And, the, yeah, and uh, then if you're going to do a Trish turn for whatever reason, which apparently that's been rumored, um, then you could do that on Raw, and then you got out of the six-man, everybody had their Trish babyface moment, and wham, now she can have a match with Becky or whatever. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I'm just I No, the whole, like you said, like with Ronda, who cares if she's on Mania? Who cares what she's doing? Is anyone that interested in her anymore? I yeah, but there she's going to be. You know, it's just, Why? They, they, it's sold out already. It doesn't matter if it's in LA. No one's buying tickets to see her. Like, who fucking cares about fucking Ah, uh, it's casuals that care. She's on the post. She's Mark. Yeah, you're, you're tuning in to see. If you're not if you're not a wrestling fan, you're tuning in to see Ronda Rousey. You know, I think that's just. That's she's just, not going to hurt you. She's going to help you. Maybe not yeah, right, wrong, but I don't know if you need to be fucking with the entirety of all these other matches just to stick around there when you could just have her be like you said on some weird gauntlet or. Hey, and that, we're we're too much about the women here. I'm let's be misogynistic. There's too much. I'm sure they'll get us there. The rumor is there's a lot of twists and turns, but uh, uh it's it's low key interested while being boring, you know. So whatever. All right, the next match we got here: Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. About boring. Seth at the Rumble. Logan took out Seth in the chamber to cost him the U.S. title. This is after Seth went on, had some not so nice things to say about Logan in media interviews. Um, all kayfabe, of course. I've dug, I've dug this interactions with Miz being the catalyst to in, you know, infuse flames into this feud. Uh, I, lo- I really like the FaceTime gimmick. I like how he unlocked the phone on Miz's face. I like how Miz is the punching bag. I like how he has a history with both these guys, and how I like how he's a celebrity or the the guest celebrity, whatever the fuck he is at WrestleMania. Um, I actually, athletically, I have super high hopes for this as Logan has shown great acumen. Had great matches so far with The Miz, a really, really, really great WrestleMania or crown jewel match with Roman Reigns. And then that tag last year against the Mysterios was also very good. So he's uh, Logan's a natural. Uh, Logan's the man. Uh, I really like the direction of the character he's got going on here now. Really digging in as the heel. Um, I don't know. Logan mentioned that this is night one. Uh, Matt. Can this be a WrestleMania stealer, and can it live up to the hype that I just delivered for it? Uh, yeah, I think I think it definitely can. I think that 
I think that's going to be one of the matches that we look back at and wow, you know, just I I think Logan Paul is just such a like a creative human being that they're going to him and Seth Rollins together with Seth Rollins experience and, you know, Logan Paul's creativity. Like you look back at that ricochet and Logan Paul spot from the Royal Rumble. It's probably the highlight of the year so far in terms of like spots. So I definitely think there's going to be a lot of creative stuff in this match. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was the show stealer by the, for night one. Yeah. uh, Oh, even has upside to be a show stealer for the whole weekend. Uh, Character wise, Rocco with these two guys, how annoyed are you? Not into it. If you like watching dead-eyed guys have matches together, then you're going to be in for a, a great night. Add the Miz to it, then it's even more so. Um, it's just the idea of these people doing these super rehearsed matches that don't look like fights. That is the big problem. And you could say, like, well, you wouldn't know that if you didn't know that. But you do know that because you've watched stuff long enough. And you you know when you hear a song on the radio that you look at the – you see on the Grammys and it was written by 40 people. Like it, it seems so generically put together, and I'm not saying that it's not, it can't be enjoyed. It's just, it just seems soulless and kind of uh, pedantic to me. So I'm not saying they're not going to do some big flippy do's and stuff like that, but it just is, is watching guys pantomime being pro wrestlers and doing weird promos that don't seem like real human beings. That just gets me, doesn't get me excited. I think it's the perfect spot for both of them, and adding the Miz to the whole thing is perfect. Um, the click sound, I know you like that part, but the click sound playing over the fucking speaker was one of the dumbest things oh, that they've that's... ever done on that show. And they love that. They love that fake sound, like when Johnny Knoxville was zapping people with the buzzer. But that is so stupid to make that sound happen. Are you talking over. about the, the FaceTime ring? No, he put his face, when he put his phone up to his face and it went click, click, like over oh, the fucking PA not, system. That, that don't make me mad. Listen, that may, I'm naming one thing, but the 12 things I named before about that, about why this match is stupid, are all salient points. So. Oh, come on, where he said <laughs> The FaceTime, I love the FaceTime. And then he was like, bye-bye, bitch. I want to say bye-bye, bitch, to you, Rocco. Get off your hill. All right. <laughs> all right I, will stay, I will stay on my hill and I will be correct on it. Um. Listen, I'm not saying people don't like it. Obviously, lots of people do, but it's just name for me. And it just does seem just very – it's just not as much fun for me to watch matches like this as I am to watch a big old brawl. So that's it. Rocco, give me a good bye-bye, bitch. Come on. Go ahead. Bye, bitch. Oh, bye-bye. You're going to say bye-bye, bitch. All right. <laughs> All right, Rossi, what is next for uh, Seth here post-WrestleMania? He's in an interesting spot. He's coming off this big celebrity match or, or celebrity whatever match. Um, I don't know. He can – stay where he's at in the upper mid card or he could be elevated if we split those belts he has a i don't know it just could be a lot of directions for seth i couldn't really think of a home for him what do you think's next for seth i mean he's first off does he win this match that too uh, i would because i think that tells a story i mean logan so it's interesting like i don't think logan paul's hurt by losing this right um but he's got to win at some point right um, and Rollins kind of has proven over the last year that he can lose and not really be affected by much either. So there's a couple different ways that that could go. And I think that dictates what happens post media. Um, I mean, Rollins can always get built right back up, but I mean, I, for some reason, I still feel like there's going to be another Cody batch. It doesn't have to be right away, but, um, post, I, I don't know. I feel like he, he's somebody too, that, might be designed to get a get a switch over to SmackDown as well, um, just because I feel like he's had matches with everybody on Raw already, and 
Nothing yeah. really feels fresh anymore over there. Uh, maybe a feud with him and like Finn or something like that would make sense, or you know, Judgment Day or something like that. That that might be different. Um, that's really all I can think of there. Um, and as far as Logan goes, I mean, what's the next big match for him? Like after, out of this, like, can you think of any now him as a heel that opens up the opportunity for it to be a little bit different? Um, and I I so appreciated him on Monday. You know, being a heat magnet, being in the middle of the ring and pretty much telling the crowd to go fuck themselves. Um, that's what he should have been all along. I understand why he wasn't because he was eventually going to have the Reigns match. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this guy, when he's getting heat, is good at it. And that crowd was hot as fuck during that segment on Monday in Boston. Um, and Rollins continues to, you know, it's goofy. And, and he's. I can see why people still don't like him, but he's over and the crowd was eaten out of his hand on Monday. And, you know, they really like booing Logan and, and now everybody gets a chance to, and, and overall they're going to have a good match and coming out of this, the sky, you can really do whatever you want with these two guys. You don't think that Seth Rollins is going to come out after a loss to Logan Paul frustrated after raw, after WrestleMania demand a rematch, call out Logan Paul. And that's when we get Jay white. You think? Hmm? That might that I feel like Seth Rollins is kind of that safety blanket guy, where you know you can you can put him in a ring with whoever and you know you can if 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 you tell him to step up to the challenge you're gonna get like a classic or a banger of a match and I think well then he's got to lose again. Yeah, that's the other thing I don't like about that. He doesn't need to win though. I don't. I really don't think. Yeah. He, well, if he's getting drafted to SmackDown, he can lose. You know what I mean? And then you can go right back to him being the only guy that Roman Reigns has never beaten. You know, all of a sudden, like snap of a finger, he's right back into. He's right back on the top. He can he can go two losses in a row. Interesting. I don't know. He's he he's. I don't want to say he's bulletproof, but I don't really think he's like a ten tier. He don't really have ten tier upside. If we were talking about our tiers again, you know what I mean? Do you think he's slowing down anytime soon? He's like what, like thirty six, thirty seven. Roman slowed down. He's got a much got more the... physical style. Do you think he he's got a school? He's got a wife and a kid. Do you think there's any? You think he's dipping out? At I think point? he loves it. I, I do. I'm not saying he doesn't, but I'm yeah. saying like you think maybe he dips out a little bit this year or something. No, I think gonna... Still, if you listen to him, he wants the main event WrestleMania. Okay. He right. Wants to be that top guy. I don't think he's thinking to dip out yet, but eventually, I could see the scenario where you would think that. Yeah, perhaps. I could see him going part time too at some. That's point, what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm saying more part time. I'm sorry, I should have. But I I do think Becky will be more part time at some point relatively soon because obviously she's got. You know, she's obviously the rocks are like acting agent. Is that is that did I hear yeah. that right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, she did well on the rock. Yeah, she did well in Young Rock. So I mean, eventually she's gonna want to explore that. And and obviously, like the, like uh, a woman at whatever there. What is she like? She's probably thirty six, thirty seven herself now, right? Um, I mean, women wrestlers wrestlers. I mean, Trish not not obviously part of it, but she hasn't really wrestled full time in a while. Once they get to that late. 30s early 40s they kind of either become part-time or you know start slowing their rundown a little bit so um i think she's closer to being you know not out the door but you know reeled back than than he is and and i don't really see what his next step would be like i can see her being in movies and tv i don't really see that with him so i think we got a good another solid five or six out of him before you know it might might peel back a little yeah i was just curious he's got another contract oh great question all right, who's so. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens is the ultimate storytelling here. It hasn't been announced yet, but just play with, let's just play along just to kind of 
talk about it because I assume strongly they're going to be a card. Ultimate storytelling here. Some would say Emmy-worthy. All right, let's just put it out there, guys. This is not Emmy-worthy. Nothing in the WWE is Emmy-worthy. I don't know what's more annoying. People saying that this shit's Emmy-worthy or people getting out, like, hardcore smart AEW weirdos or whatever weirdos getting mad that people think that WWE is Emmy-worthy. I don't know which one's more fucking cringeworthy, but who gives a fuck, honestly? All right, anyway, so... Usually, usually right down the middle, right? <laughs> yeah, like... Like who cares? Like who cares? If like what? Like it, it's great storytelling. It's performed for very well for their WWE structure. But like, who gets mad at that shit? You fucking weirdos. All right. Anyways, um, but kudos to Seth. Kudos to Sammy. Kudos to not Seth. You know, uh, Jay, Jim. Even Jimmy's been great here. Jay, Jimmy doesn't really have like serious acting chops. He has like more of like a goofy kind of lane where Jay's like the serious one or whatever. But Jimmy was great on SmackDown. He was great on Raw this week. Solo's great as the Enforcer. KO is. I love how KO is not giving in yet. That's great storytelling and it's true to their character. So everything has stayed true. I love how Sammy. Uh, Jay embraced Sammy in Boston at the Survivor Series, and then in the return to Boston is when he fucking turned on him after he hugged him. I loved the how J- Sammy was so happy that he was finally getting to the bloodline. His plan was working. Ultimate strategist to his core, and then boom, the super kick came. You, you low key saw it coming, but I don't give a fuck. It was delivered excellent. It was great. Ah, uh, so you assume that that's not ne- that's next, and then just the Jimmy. I mean, Jay, just going fucking ham on him. Like, my family, you expect me to pick you over my family? My fucking family. Like, just great. Some would say Emmy-worthy war- of performance right there. But, um, I don't know, man. It's just the Boston, the kick, the, just the touch of it all was just, just perfectly done. Awesome stuff. Um, Matt, I assume we get a tag team match here for both belts, one belt, whatever. They've been flirting with them. But can I throw one volley your way? One last-minute volley. One last-minute ditch effort for me to fantasy book something to you. I hope you're all ears. You can so you got the Usos and Sammy. I mean, you got the Usos and Solo. That's three, right? Mm-hmm. Solo doesn't really necessarily have a match. Maybe he gets one with Riddle if Riddle returns in the next few weeks, yada, yada, yada. So they want to put a stamp on Solo, right? Mm-hmm. Sammy and KO cannot come together. You know, KO is refusing to come together with Sammy. Sammy's trying. It's his boy. He knows he fucked up. They've been down that road. They, he just won't accept him. He won't do it. Glass breaks. Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out and joins these motherfuckers together. And that's our six-man tag. And we get the tag team match at Backlash, King of the Ring, uh, King of the Ring whatever. Or even let's pitch higher. The bloodline, right? The head of the table. Roman Reigns, his cousin, The Rock. We eventually going to get The Rock and Roman. The Rock's the one that comes out and joins KO and Sammy to face the Usos and Solo. Am I fa- am I sh- I'm punching the sky one last chance to get a get a big 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 match out of here? Because if you look at this overall card, it is big name. It's not as big as it was in the past. You're not really get you're not really missing it. You're getting it on the female side. You get Cena, sure, but you know Cena's. Against Theory, a young rising star. You know, you got, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like it's grabbing. Roman's in a big match, but it's Cody. Cody's not necessarily established. We got Brock, but he's against fucking almost. So it's just like, ah, like we're missing a mark. We're, we're 
we have the names, but we're missing that marquee matches. Am I crazy? I know I'm getting like a 5% chance here, but just the way that the story's going, just the way everything's kind of tea-leafing, the twist and the turns, I don't know. They might have something up their sleeve. I've saved it to the end. What do you think, Matt? Keep punching at the sky, buddy. It ain't Thank happening. You, but what I will say, what I would, what I think is something that, that could potentially happen, and when I say could, I mean it's semi-more realistic. Don't we possibly see the idea of Stone Cold you know, Kevin Owens kind of somehow bridging the connection between their match at WrestleMania as a mutually gained respect for each other now. And Kevin Owens calls upon his WrestleMania opponent last year to be the special guest referee for the tag team title main event at WrestleMania. And you get Stone Cold as a special guest referee. Maybe you do a little teaser between Stone Cold and Roman Reigns and you do maybe you do Roman and Stone Cold and Saudi or something like that. I think I think that's the most realistic scenario of all the scenarios you just threw right in front of me. All right, I'm, a, I'm all right with that. I didn't get that. Oh. Did you try Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she liked it. I don't know. I'm just I'm just I, like I, I said, I don't expect it to happen. I think we're going to get the straight tag for both belts or I even agree. one belts, I don't care, whatever. And you I think we got the big too. moment where they win and the low key could main event night 1. You look at the Royal Rumble, too, this year's Royal Rumble. It wasn't all about, you know, the big names and the big surprises. It was kind of like, let's let's we talked about this, right? Let's showcase the roster that we have, the talented, the most talented roster in the world. Let's showcase it. I think that's kind of the same theme that we're going with at WrestleMania. Like for the first time ever, let's show everyone that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens can main event a WrestleMania that's sold out. Let's show everyone that. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. Like it doesn't need to be the Triple H's, the Stone Cold's, the Rocks of the world, because that's kind of been the biggest complaint going about WrestleMania, right? Is it's Brock Lesnar and and it's Stone Cold and it's The Rock and it's uh you know it's this insert Hall of Famer insert big name. It's the Goldbergs, right? That's the biggest complaint. I think this is at least a somewhat of an attempt to be the first year that. You know the the tried and true every day of the week, Monday through Friday roster can can sell out two nights of WrestleMania. Yeah, well, here's the thing: it was already sold out before, <laughs> so don't play yourself there. But but yeah, it, I, it, I, I agree. I, I understand your sentiment. I know what you're it's saying. It's WWE's story to tell, man. They can tell whatever the hell they want. No, I know. Uh, Rocco, uh, should this be event night one? I already asked this earlier. You, you said no. Uh, you, after this. Long ambled of storytelling and letting it sink in even longer. You think the ice cold women should headline over this super hot m- match? I think we have time to make the ice cold women's match more uh, <laughs> cool. And I think, like I said before, this could be a super sick. You know, it's either the first or the last match at Mania. A lot of times, that are the ones that they really leave a impact, and you could build that one up. And just optically, it it it's a bad look for them that they're storytelling for the two women's main titles were not good enough to have one of them main event. So I think they have to at least step up their game to really show they can. And I think this could be a perfectly uh, perfect opener. I don't care. Also, for the, also for the record, I do think a lot of the stuff like you were saying about the, uh, the storytelling and all that stuff is a little like kind of in a way how Sammy has been acting. I kind of in a way want Sammy just to turn in on Owens at the end anyway. And just say it was all fuck you. Like, because the way he's acting to me, a lot of ways, is would be great if he just said, "Yeah, uh, fuck you again." Because he's still, he's still, I don't know. Like we've discussed this, how I don't love how he's his uh, the storytelling with him and how he's 
he's still not apologizing and we still don't know why he joined in a lot of ways. And a lot of the stuff is really interesting. So I, I don't know. I would love if, if it's just a bigger story than we're all expecting. Like everyone's expecting the big moment of him hugging KO at Mania and they win the titles. But why can't it be something different? Why can't it be something better? If I do recall, too, wasn't there a story that they would briefly touched upon? I want to say it was more towards December where it was the final test for Sami Zayn to become a true oos or a true member of the bloodline instead of an honorary member. And there was one big final test that he would need to pass to. to yeah, I, I, mean, I don't think it was that, at the Royal Rumble and he didn't pass it. He turned on him. The test was for him to turn on KO or him to wreck KO and KO. Okay, well then so no. so the whole thing is like this is a battle of attrition to ruin the bloodline. So just taking the titles on, from them isn't enough. They shouldn't be hugging if they just win the belts, right? So like to me, he's got to put a fucking chair on, wrap it, wrap it around Roman's head. So there's a lot of interesting beats. That well, he's not really... gonna do that at WrestleMania. This is a stage to get to him. You know, you take the belts off the, you take the belts off the bloodline. They're not as strong. That's annoyance to Roman. And once in Roman, annoy you but get his is, it, But these guys, this is personal. Person. Belts is not. It's it shouldn't be belts anymore. They need to fucking kill these dudes, man. They need to really hurt them in ways that aren't just titles. So like, yeah, but a lot the story of, this... of all right, whatever. I'm not getting. We're running along. We're running along. Fucking running along. Driving next. I will say one more thing. I do think the main event of Backlash is going to be that six-man tag team match that's been rumored, and that's where you can really get into the personal stuff, right? Like, WrestleMania can be about the titles, and then you do Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens versus the Bloodline at Backlash. Kind of do that similar, like, the Shield versus Evolution street fight situation, and you make it super, super, super personal and not necessarily about the titles. And that's that's kind of what I'm thinking, too, is, like, so during the segment on Raw... I didn't notice this live, but I saw it on the internet after during the segment on raw when Boogs and um, Elias were with Bronson Reed in the background, the whole time Cody was having a conversation with KO KO was sitting, Cody was standing, which typically will designate that Cody came to see him. I think obviously then the end of the show, they fucked up the timing. So by the time Cody got to the ring, they had to go dark, but Cody saved Sammy. Uh, which was obviously because that was, you know, an extension of the bloodline um, feud with Cody now really kicking off. I can see now being like to that six man point that, you know, maybe Cody gets saved by KO and Sammy at the same time. And then they're kind of looking at each other. And then Cody's eventually like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You guys obviously have the common enemy. Just go fucking win those tag titles. I'll win this world title. We'll have them all. Fuck the bloodline. Something along those lines. And plus that helps Cody for the people that might still be hoping that Zane's the one that wins the title. Right. Um, which I think that's, that's weakening now is that Cody's so fucking over that I don't really think you need to do it, but it doesn't hurt that. Right. And it just prevents there being any sort of backlash at that point. And then at backlash, you do that six man, which is similar to what they did last year. They did the six man at backlash in Providence. Um, but there'd be a lot of fucking heat on this one um, with, you know, Cody, those in Cody KO and Sammy against the Usos and, um, Roman. Um, and then even if Jay, there's some issues with Jay again, you've got solo there too. So there's ways to do it, but I think Cody's going to be the catalyst that ends up bringing them together for the, the ish, the interest of long-term storytelling. No, I understand. I think it's going to be Cody too. And you're probably going to get a six man tag leading up. I'm just punching to the sky and saying, all right, there's, there's lack of marquee names, but you know, we'll go down that road in the, another yeah. day. Don't rule out Roman and stone cold at King of the ring. 
I just remember a pretty big match. They they still used Cena. They're they're still throwing as much goodwill on Cody as possible. They like really had to get that Cena into Cody. (laughs) Yeah, like they really milked that one to get make sure we're getting the rub everywhere we can on on Cody to really make sure he's getting all them uh, cheers at Mania. Can I request a quick around the horn? Are they teetering too much on the? It's gonna get too much for Cody Rhodes. Like it's gonna become like, all right, we fucking get it. Your father's Dusty Rhodes and. You're 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 amazing. Like, are we getting to that point where people are going to kind of be like, all right, enough's enough. Well, it's funny they say that. Here we are. Roman Reigns versus Cody Ryan. Early baseline stuff. Cody and Heyman leading into the showdown that we had last week uh, with Roman and Cody. Uh, the the base the, the the dusty stuff was brought up with Heyman. It, it was a good foundation to kind of get this feud going and rolling. And I love the punchline where he just said, "Your daddy never talked about you." You know, you guys have seen it. It's been all over it. They did almost three million dollars. It uh, three million people it peaked at for that quarterly hour. Um, a big success. Um, you know, we could take him or leave him, but Cody's over, and they're doing a pretty good job. As you guys kind of said a little bit a while ago, protecting him to an extent, but I don't really think that it's protecting him mildly. I think he's doing a pretty good job of getting over. And do I still think he's the one should beat Roman? No, but you know, I'm, I, I would listen to a pitch. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not. It's not like I'm not open to it. They're doing a pretty good job. He's doing a really good job. It's just he didn't look like a mid carder next to Roman. He looked like. Okay, I, I I somewhat accept him. I agree. At the end, at the end of the day, I think um, th- they're gonna kind of get to a point where it's gonna be Cody's mission versus Roman's legacy, and I think that's a pretty good tagline for this main event. And the, the storytelling, yeah, has they been? That's what the WWE they whack you over the head with stuff. You know what I mean? So the the, the story and the the mission is important to Cody. Um, but the legacy of Roman in the run is bigger. And the legacy in the run means more and should last longer because the story and the mission doesn't necessarily happen, have to happen at WrestleMania. It could, could it? It could be a great story if it, if it peaks in whatever. I'm open to it. But Rocco... Has Cody lived up to this big standards of a WrestleMania main event so far? Yeah, I think uh, watching on Friday, it was a big thing, right? That was a major moment where you had to look at the eye test, right? When he gets in that ring, is he legacy Cody? Is he is he indie? Like what Cody is in the ring with Roman? And, uh, you know, it looked good to me. Yeah, I don't really uh, think of legacy anymore either. I don't think of Ring of Honor. I he's established man he think he's that guy that showed up at wrestlemania 38 last year and he's an eev he's not even evp anymore he's fucking a wwe guy you know it's like yeah but it, it is the it's the ecosystem that he is in you do because they, they very commonly they get a I mean, listen john morrison's not the talent that cody is but when Co- john morrison came back to wwe he was just john morrison again yeah, so, but that's who he is. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not the same person, but you do – you understand what I'm saying that, like, there could be you, – you, I knew Cody Rhodes in WWE for a very long time. I knew all the iterations. I knew what he used to get over, and it was a mustache and a mask and uh, whatever he used. So you don't know. Like, when he's in the ring – and, yes, he's a great talker and a good actor, 
but he does have his limitations in and his promos and who he is as a wrestler. But when he got into that ring wearing a suit and looking up, looking at Roman, it it made sense to me. And I didn't know if it would. And I, you know, you maybe seemed like you were more uh, willing to accept. Not that I wasn't willing, but I just didn't know. And I was open to it. I definitely had the precursor of like, yeah, it's three star Cody. Yeah, but. It made sense when it got in the ring. That's all that matters. Didn't matter who or what happened, right? Like he got in that ring and it all was like, all right. I still think he's coming in. He's you introduced the character, a hero of the story, very late into the story. I think it's it could have been better for a WrestleMania. But hey, man, sometimes Royal Rumbles happen this way, I guess. But I think if any other year without the Sammy story, no one would give a fuck. But the the Sammy story was a bad timing because it had such a great story, and then Cody coming back was just he's a victim of that, you know. So they just need and like I said, like he looked good in the ring with Roman and. They still have, like you said, Dave, three weeks, and what they've been doing so far has been good. So it just sucks that the Sammy thing is going to be a thing that people are going to – This he'll never get away from that. No matter how good Mania is, people will always be like, should it have been Sammy? And that's just this victim of circumstance. That happens in sports. It happens in movies. It happens in, in, in everything, right? Now, is having Cody hover around the Sammy bloodline, is that smart? Or potentially risky, Rossi, because I like I understand what Rocco's saying, but it's more of a fear than a like a feeling. Like I don't feel like he's stealing anything from Sammy. I feel like Sammy's off doing his own thing, and Sammy's journey is still his journey. I don't think he's just diminished or anything. I think that they kind of have this coexisting thing, and but it could be risky, or is it smart? What do you think, Rossi? So I think it's brilliant because. Eventually, they're going to have to cross paths. They're both on uh, Mania build with the same guys. Like you might even see like like a tag match along the way, like a Cody and a and a Sammy against like like Solo and Jimmy or some shit like that. There's ways to do that, and I mean the way that they had Cody save Sammy was awesome because they. That's why I was so pissed they fucked up the timing, and it was pretty much like cut off and, and end of show. Because Sammy was about to die, you know, and, and everybody thought it was that's the time maybe for KO to come save him. But keep keep that coming. Do that later. Um, Cody comes out and it's like, oh, that makes sense because he's feuding with these guys now, too. So it's just I think it's a way that now it's just like everybody can cheer on these three guys or two guys now eventually become three um, as they all try to take down the bloodline kind of together. Um, and Cody really hasn't had that blood feud portion of it, but. You know, if if something needs to happen to him, well, then Sammy saves him. Now it's a blood feud for him, too. Um, for him, it's always been the titles and not personal. And I mean, Roman. It felt personal, but it wasn't, you know, they still shook hands. So obviously that's going to change at some point along the line, too. So um, I, I'm not worried about this storytelling at all. It's it's just merging together now to make what's going to be ultimately the two most hyped matches for the show you know, continue to build off of each other as we get there. Yeah, I'm curious. Like I said, I, I, I was definitely, like, apprehensive. To, like, I don't know if I really want this, but they've done a really good job on that SmackDown promo, and they did a really good job on Raw, putting it all together. They're separate universes, but they coexist together, and then Roman's showing up this week to kind of confront Jay, and that story ain't over either. We ain't got time to jump into there, but that story ain't over either. So it's just like... A lot of good stuff. Some would say Emmy-worthy. I would say not necessarily, but, uh, well, you know, it is what it is. Matt, last question to you here. Um, 
is Cody going to win in four weeks or so? And right now, what is what is his betting odds, money line wise? You think? Oh goodness, my gut says yes. My mm. heart says no. I personally don't think that it's time yet to take the title off Roman Reigns, but Roman Reigns may think it's time to take the title off Roman. Reigns. <laughs> oh, he's playing, calling his own card. So that might be, you know, I wouldn't would would it surprise any of us in the slightest if they do the throwaway at Backlash and then you kind of you you have Roman right off into the sunset for a few for for a little for a little over a year or so until you get back to WrestleMania next year. Um, I think he's booked but, for a Backlash Saudi and Wrestle in SummerSlam. <laughs> okay, well then maybe I'll hope my fingers crossed, right? I mean, yeah. I I don't think again I we talked about this on the last podcast, right? I want to see. Cody Rhodes go through a little bit more of a struggle. And I guess, you know, there's two schools of thought, right? Some people are looking at his entire career as the story. And some people are looking at when he came back to WWE as the story. I personally look at everything as like when he came back to WWE, like I'm not, I don't want to acknowledge like from in my own head canon of watching wrestling, I'm not acknowledging everything he did in ring of honor and AEW and I think I saw him at a Northeast wrestling show and a steel cage match against Kurt Angle. Like I'm not acknowledging all those trials and tribulations as a part of this story. And I think that's a kind of the two schools of thought that are going into this main event, right? People are saying like, Oh, he was in legacy and then he was stardust. And then he was, and I, I get that's a part of the story. I just want to see, you know, this version of WWE Cody Rhodes where everything's come together, like get so close to finishing off the story and then falling short like you don't win the biggest prize in wrestling from the biggest wrestler the biggest superstar in wrestling on the on the first try you just don't you know if that makes sense um betting wise my guess would be cody rhodes is gonna be a a, i don't even know i don't i'd have to say maybe like a slight underdog like a plus 120 or like a plus 135 or something like that 150 um, for Roman, 135 for Cody. All right, that's close. Yeah, so that that was, that was my guess. Was be, so yeah, basically like a slight, slight, slight underdog. Uh, that when we get closer to WrestleMania, I wouldn't be shocked if he was the favorite. Um, Do you guys want to know what the what the line is? Yeah, if you got it in front of us, I have well. it. I had it up here. Give me ten seconds. I'll have it back up. Um, it's bigger than I thought it would be. I um, mean, take final final guess. Plus, uh, I'm gonna say Roman minus 200. Plus 135 for Cody. Cody is minus 500. Stop it. That's fake. No, it's not. Bet online. Yeah. Well, that's, not, that's not a recuable sports betting website. Fuck that. Well, I, I, <laughs> they've got, I mean, they've got odds on NXT too already. So I hope you guys kind of understand my line of logic there when I went on my little, my little rant about this main event. Like, I just feel like there's two groups of people and everyone's saying, oh, look at Cody was in Legacy, and then he was Stardust, and then he was dashing, and then he was undashing, and then he went to AEW, and blah, 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 and now he's here. Like, it's the culmination. Whereas I'm kind of looking at it as like, okay, he came back last year, he beat Seth Rollins three times, he beat Chad Gable, and he won the Royal Rumble. Like, I, I don't know if that if that makes sense. I think wrestling a lot of times, though, a lot of the um, – a lot of what we care about is – like, Sami Zayn is – this storyline is working because we've known it for 20 years like that. You can't really divorce a lot of that old stuff with a new character. It's just, it's just kind of how wrestling works in a lot of ways and how you view a character. Cause you know, this person, like it's just hard to divorce yourself from 
those old characters. And that's why we like Sami Zayn, because we've known him for fucking the El Generico periods and the periods he was getting nothing. So I think it's tough to, to do that. But I see what you're saying. I would I would like to be able to do that, too, and just take the story they're telling me, right? That's kind of how I've been looking at the story for a long time, for basically since he came back. Like, I'm looking at not not if, not this Cody Rhodes is a different Cody Rhodes, but I guess, like, the final form of Cody Rhodes. And, you know, this is his this is his chance at redemption in the WWE. And the WWE is not a walk in the park. Like, you're not going to roll in and, and have a new song and, you know, and w- win the biggest prize in wrestling. I, I don't know. That's. It's I'd, I'd like to just see a little bit more. And I know that's kind of selfish for me to say, like, oh, you haven't done enough, Cody. Sorry, bud. You're not a you're not the universal champion in my eyes. But I just I'd, I'd like to see like a good, consistent year out of Cody Rhodes, like trying to scratch and claw his way back to the to where he was. I'm not mad at that. I, I, I yeah. pretty much agree. But, hey, they're starting to kind of get to me to for, to open up my eyes to be. All right. Well, let's see. I, I might be open to it. Let's see. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not there quite yet. I neither am I, but and I don't think I'm going to be. I'm just kind of where I'm at. But that's where we're at with uh, the kind of the heartbeat of WrestleMania. Uh, that's 11 matches, either announced or strongly hinted. So uh, that's where we're at. We have one more episode before WrestleMania, and I am going to be and I'm going to do a big WrestleMania on YouTube where I release one show a night or one match a night with a rolodex of guests with me so uh look forward to that as we get closer to wrestlemania but all right guys let's just kind of jump into the news here we got some small news going on nothing really super big within the wwe land as we roll into wrestlemania the first being today all right according to yahoo sports other report in other reports wwe's in talks with gambling regulations to allow people to bet on PLEs like boxing and UFC. No additional information at the time has been released at the moment. Uh, pretty big news there. Um, and then another report says WWE's report is reportedly in talks with gambling regulations in Colorado and Michigan to legalize betting on matches. WWE is looking to accounts to firm Ernest and Young to secure matches results to assure that they aren't leaked in advance. Honestly, I like that part. Less spoilers. Um, WWE is planning to ch- change their booking protocols to ensure less pr- predictability. One plan change is to give wrestlers booking decisions only a couple hours before the matches is an effort to limit to the dirt sheet leaks. Whatever. I I like the idea of like not telling them the, the outcomes of scripts. Um, I like that. You know, that's the sports like feel. Uh, I don't really like I like delving out in spoilers. I more like kind of talking to my buddies and be like, well, this should happen, but we don't necessarily know. But um, I, I like not n- having it get out there. I like um, I like the idea of like opening it up and then. Well, here's the thing I was going to say, I was going to say, well, maybe they like 24 hours before the event, they close the lines. Right. But you would think that they would that the. The sites would get more traffic and more bets closer to the events because, like, I'm sure that that's what happens in football and NBA and college basketball and so on. That You know, the closer you get to the game, the, the more the bets come in, especially for single game bets. So I like I, I kind of like the idea of it, but oh, it's it's weird. Like if we get wonky with deaths and stuff and then and then do they start kind of like playing to the playing storyline wise too much into the betting odds? It's just like, oh, I was a $500 underdog, and then I won. I overcame the odds. 
that's a, like a rabbit hole. I'm not necessarily sure I trust. So I, I have mixed feelings about it. I don't really necessarily, as an avid, like, degenerate myself. I don't really need this in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I have mixed feelings about it, but I don't know. I'm kind of open to it, I guess. What do you guys think? I mean, that's, that's the same thing. thing. I'm sure your, your interest in your site would go up. Me? You talking to me? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the oh, interest yeah, in your I, site would go up. I, I, I have to say, the one thing that I do really enjoy it is the, the DraftKings challenges that they do. I've seen them for a couple AEW shows, and I've seen them for a couple WWE shows. Um, It's like, you know, will there be – will someone go through a chair? Will, will, will someone go through a table? Like, will the announce table stay intact the entire show? And it's like these fun little, like – like yeah. WWE written ask questions and you can kind of, whoever has the most points, you know, based off all these like very, very weird questions gets like 50 bucks. Them. Like, I don't think it's going to be anything too serious. It's probably going to be capped. The odds yeah, are probably yeah. going to be like, like we said, like you're going to have like a minus 800 favorite and you're going to have like a really, really sh- a, a smaller dog than it should be. Like, Pile a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine it's going to be anything too, too crazy. But I have to say, I really do think there's a lot of potential in those those like challenges, right? Like the answer these 15 questions about backlash and whoever gets all the questions right. Like, and then the last question's like, a, how many minutes will the main event go? And that's the quote unquote tiebreaker. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's 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 really fun. I think that's a really a cool way to watch the show. Yeah, we've done that with Russell Rumble. I don't know if you've heard of that, but uh, it's like a ten dollar. I think it's now twelve dollar entry. And there's like 25 questions, kind of like what you said with the tear, with the where he tears the points or whatever. And fuck, I finished top five a few times with like a thousand dollar prizes, or they get like a big wing eagle belt prizes. So you know that's super fun. That became really popular in the pandemic. And obviously it's not legalized, but I don't know how he gets away with doing it for so long. But uh, that's kind of a cool thing right there. Either one of you other guys have any comment on this legalized gambling? I mean, I, I think it's it all really depends on if it's like how, how it's regulated. Like, will it be kind of like what we talked about before, how there's like low maximum bets that you can put on it yeah, because of, of what's weird about it? Like, would parlays be acceptable? Um, things of that nature. I mean, Massachusetts is getting we're going live uh, today as this is going live. So um, I'm probably looking at my phone right now, looking at bonuses on all of these stupid websites that are, that are now going to be taking my money over the next couple of years. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously going to be a lot different for us, you know, being in this state, you know what I mean? So um, I'm excited to see where it goes, um, but I can't really say that I would have the balls to, to put anything substantial on a wrestling match. Yeah. All right. Maybe so, like a rumble, you know what I mean? Maybe like yeah, a rumble like a, or a money in the bank. Prop, prop bets would kind of interest me if they were, were a thing, you know, who's going to win the Royal Rumble? You bet on that in like June or something, you know? I think that's where all the potential is, right? In the money in the banks, in the yeah. Royal Rumbles, in the elimination chambers. Like that's I think any that's, fans, stuff like I that. Think, like the one on one stuff. Like, you know, the favorite's gonna be like minus eight hundred. You're gonna have to lay eight hundred dollars just to win a hundred. Like, and you're not probably gonna be allowed to lay eight hundred dollars. Like, like I think it's really gonna be in those big multi man and those like maybe like a, like the King of the Ring tournament or something like that. You bet the winner or something cool like that. Like every every before every pay per view, you have like, all right, will the Miz win the Internet Intercontinental Champion in the next calendar year? And then it's like you have like a throw ten dollars on that, and if he does, you win whatever, you know, some like a prop bet like that is something stupid like that. But oh, uh, it's it's it could get corny and wonky if they incorporate it too much in the storylines. That's where I'm kind of like, 
all right, what are we doing? And then, like, the whole death thing. I was like, all right, what what are we really doing here? But see, uh, I, I would like to see – sorry to interrupt, but I think, like, as they're making their entrance and you got the little graphic on the bottom of the screen, you have their name, and then below you get, like, the sponsor that's, like, you know, minus, minus 250 on DraftKings to win. Like, you know, something cool like that. Like, a little – just a little touch. Nothing crazy. Don't put it in the story, but, like, I think you could you could – elevate some of the graphics by doing like some of the betting odds on something so you got a betting odds twitter handles and name gotcha (laughs) (laughs) all right uh the next story here is a little overblown it's mustache vince vince was at gorilla for (laughs) the night uh it's a few photoshop pictures of him having a mustache but i guess he really does have a mustache and i think out of respect for the next youtube video we should all grow our mustaches out for the old man um i honestly don't think it's a big deal that he's there people are fucking overblowing it as in oh he's taking over could he whatever you know i so i'm are you if you're naive to think that he doesn't give suggestions to triple h and you are naive enough to think triple h shouldn't listen to his suggestions for a guy that did it for fucking 50 years was he stale out of touch and bad at creative the last 10 to 15 years as an overall whole absolutely but is a this is like an old nfl coach that like could have some pretty good ideas for a pacific part of the game and to think that he is completely out of touch for that aspect is all right get over yourself you're fucking out of touch if you if you think that like his like he doesn't know what he's doing look look at the company you know whatever like get yes as an overall direction and creative the last 10 to 15 20 years whatever yes there should have been a new head coach that we got the new head coach now but to think that that new head coach shouldn't ask the old head coach for ideas for specific things i don't know that's just you're you're playing yourself there come on like whatever and you know, he owns the company. I'm pretty sure if he wants to go to WrestleMania and just be there as a fan or as a spectator backstage and maybe, I don't know, let him let him be the agent for the Omos and Brock match. That's going to be a train wreck anyways. Go have it. You know, like, whatever. You know, it's – I really don't care. I don't, I don't expect him to be the head coach again, and I think that people are kind of just – get over yourselves, like get a life kind of thing. I don't know. What do you I think? I think the biggest issue is the guy still has a multiple rape charges hanging over his head. Well, so it's stop not great. Try, like, everyone, everyone's just trying to fucking white fucking horse this whole thing. It's just, yeah, I, I understand it. Let's just like, what is he going to, what is he going to fucking pull Dana Brooke in the fucking cave? Hey, come with me in a broom closet and rape her. What, what, what are we doing? I mean, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he did, but um, I mean, that's probably a major thing. If someone, if your wife was working with a guy who owned the company who was a fucking had eight rape charges against them, you'd probably be like, hey, maybe don't buy, go buy that guy. Descri- describe the rape. Like, what do you mean? Rape <laughs> describe charge? the rape. All right. Pay, if they're fucking payouts. Yeah. It was right, like right. he, he had sexual relationship that they're NDAs that got uh, disclosed. You think he's not? This is not women? worth discussing in this. Uh, this Can I break some news? Like, uh, what are we doing? Stop trying to white-knight everything. What does white-knight mean? Explain that to me. What, like, fucking flagging, being David Bixen span everything. Come on. Matt, Matt, what news? Don't fucking say that. Listen, cut this shit out of here. This is fucking stupid. Matt, what's the uh, news? Did you get a picture of the mustache? No, I did not get a picture of the mustache. I have some really my. I want. I wanted to change the subject, but I found some minor news to break, and I'll break it here live on the pod. Um, Saray is being released by WWE. The, oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Wow, I'm so shocked by that. 
Oh, I, mean, I invested in her rookie cards. I don't have. I don't know. Ah, when was she last on TV? I don't know. M- months ago. 2.0, like UK style at the time. Okay. We're talking about We got to talk about NXT real quick because there's way too many motherfuckers out there that thought that that Roxanne Perez thing was real. Oh, classic. That was a Shawn Michaels gif. Like we- it was literally the Shawn Michaels gimmick that they did after he got beat up by the fucking uh, Marines. Like when he did the post concussion syndrome, like that was literally the gimmick. Like, I don't understand it. Like, I, it just shows the people on Twitter that do not know wrestling, right? Because WWE, for a fucking million years, if there is a shoot injury, they will not show it, right? They literally showed her. Shawn Michaels put fucking oxygen on her. Like, he doesn't know how to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then and then they had to, then they showed her getting pushed into the ambulance. Like, no, that does not fucking happen. Yeah, great acting by Booker T. Probably the best thing he's done on TV since he's been to NXT. But in, in Roxanne, if you go back to the match, I watch it again after because the entire match, they were fucking beating the shit out of her head. So the story was great, right? And there's so many different ways it can go with this now. Like Maybe it's a way that she loses the title. But if you're listening to this podcast and you thought that that was real, please, please, I don't know what to say that's not mean, so I'm not going to say it. Why are you talking NXT? <laughs> because the Saray thing came up, and I didn't want to. That's been pissing me off all day, so I had to share that. No one thought that was real. They couldn't have. They're not for real, right? That's yeah, go on, dude, go on Twitter. It's nuts. Go, I go, saw go. people I saw people saying things like they shouldn't have let her wrestle last night. I've seen people saying things like this is, um, this is definitely real. WWE would never – make fun of concussions like that. It's like, holy fucking shit, people. Like, this is where the internet has officially jumped the shark if you thought that this was real. Well, then you have... I guess we'll jump into NXT real quick. But then you had two weeks ago where they had the barbershop thing. So in a few weeks, someone's going to lose their smile. The, the, the full Shawn Michaels on everything. Yeah, that's literally... It's just Shawn Michaels' angles right now with the women. <laughs> it's crazy. Shawn Michaels just was like strolling down memory lane through other people. Yeah. All right. Uh, pay-per-view locations. Last time we were on, it broke that uh, backlash is first weekend in May, and that Saudi is the last weekend in May. So it ended up being King of the Ring, and then it backlashes in Puerto Rico, and Bad Bunny is going to be the guest host. So that's pretty cool if you think about it. You have Montreal last month. You got WrestleMania, so that's in the U.S. And then you got the, and then you're going to have backlash in Puerto Rico. Saudi is King of the Ring. Money, Money in the, the bank. bank is London. SummerSlam is almost in Tor- in Canada, in Michigan. And then are they going to do Clash <laughs> the Castle again? So that's, what, four out of six pay-per-views out of the USA. That's pretty cool. I have to say, though, this has been bugging me all day. Kind of similar to what Rossi said about the concussion angle. King and Queen of the Ring is the stupidest fucking <laughs> name Ever. It was right in front of you. Call it Crown Jewel. It was a fucking layup. It was the easiest thing in the world. King and Queen of the Ring is the gotta be the worst pay-per-view name I've ever heard in my entire life. And Saudi Arabia has had even some- worse than Hot Balls of Fire or whatever that it was. Oh, I love Great Balls of Fire. Don't even. <laughs> they had a really weird thing. I don't I can't remember what it was now. Maybe you guys do. 
they kept when they were announcing it, they kept on saying like this weird shit about Saudi Arabia. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was like just those weird marketing like slogan that they had for it. Um, you guys, you guys that are listening to this will eventually know what I'm talking about. I obviously am too stupid to think about it right now, but they kept saying like exclusive to Saudi Arabia or something like that. It was super weird. Um, but I know that they'll say it a hundred times a week for the next two months. So we'll, we'll all know what we're talking about, but there, that's a really weird marketing hook they have behind this. And I am kind of, I guess Roman's booked for it, but they don't know to what capacity yet. Roman Stone Cold. <laughs> I don't know, the name doesn't bother me a little bit that much, but it is kind of it is weird. But it's, it's just a playoff. It's like nostalgia. They had King of the Ring, but now they have Queen of the Ring, so they just combine the name. But I, I guess, yeah. But but you saying Crown Jewel and Crown Jewel being a crown of King of the Ring, but then I get it. That name has bad stigma of being in Saudi, and you know Triple H doesn't really. Want to have it's a bad stigma to begin with to be in Saudi, so I'm sure Triple H doesn't want to double down on the crown jewel, triple down on the crown jewel. But the yes, the combine of it is a little wonky, but it's a little nostalgic too. It's got to be a culture thing, right? Because some of these names are just fucking insane. It's you, King and Queen of the Ring, Crown Jewel, Greatest Royal Rumble, Super Showdown. Like it's got to be. It's got to be a, these names. It, there's something. There's a connection of these names, and like he's just they're just selling it to the crown prince that they're big shows by inflating the, the the name value of it, really. Yeah, like Super Showdown. Even though I think that was in Australia. The greatest Royal Rumble. I was kind of a yeah. mark for the greatest Royal Rumble because I wasn't necessarily sure what we were going to get, but I did like that 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 whole 50 man Royal Rumble like. Uh, right mu- after WrestleMania, I was kind of a mark for that one. I gotta say, you could have you could have went with a hundred other names for that show. Uh, Ring royalty, just off the top of my fucking. Yeah, but he wanted to sell the greatest. He probably was like, "I want a Royal Rumble," and they were like, "We'll give you the greatest Royal Rumble. You're giving us five million dollars, ten billion dollars." Oh no, I'm fine with that. I'm talking about this stupid name of this King of the Ring pay per view. Just call it Ring Royalty. Like literally off the top of my head, I came up with that. It's better. It's it's so infuriating to me that it's just like. I don't know. It just it, in my head, like it, it devalues it devalues the the show when you give it such a goofy name like that. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I understand what you're saying. I just it's a little nostalgic for me with the whole King of the Ring aspect of it, but just the combine them, it's weird. All right. Just, so last news story we got here is without with Jay White being a free agent and him really not showing up at Revolution or AEW you you might think that he's a WWE bound more often than than you would think beforehand so um you think we get him by raw after WrestleMania guys and do you think that uh yeah, yeah. To, he's got to be straight to the main roster right yeah he can't do NXT he's too big of a star i don't think he would take the deal now than it was that oh it is but i don't think he would even take the deal if he if he had to start in NXT right he's probably gonna have to get paid pretty well and i don't think that this regime will waste the time with it and i don't even think that's a waste of time but i mean who's he gonna go have bangers with right there right now um trying to do that anymore but yeah no exactly It's, it's a different it's a different world when like the shinsuke's of the world yeah i mean it was the hottest thing they had so it worked out a little bit better I don't know, Rocco. You still sulking? You want to give us your thoughts on Jay White? Sulking? Oh, oh, what? All right, whatever, dude. Uh, give me a hug, you buddy. Am I still your buddy, or are you mad that I had a bad Vince take? <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not upset that you love rape and uh, rape culture, but 
rape. It's it's we're not getting into it. I understand it. I get it, but. I'm not going to, like, white knight the whole fucking thing and be, like, try to be everyone's savior and pretend like I know what the fuck it means. All right, Peter Winston. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's weird because Dragon Lee's a bigger star in Mexico to me than Jay. Well, maybe not. But I guess there's a language difference. Yeah, but he ain't coming the fuck. He ain't going to fucking NXT. I don't see that happening in a million years. But Dragon yeah, I... Lee. Do you think Dragon Lee's got to get a new name, right? Well, I don't know. They said it. They said Dragon Lee as his name. They introduced him as that. So we'll see. I mean, they did Oscar's just... Khan of the first time too, right? Yeah, I think. yeah they, they used to do that with NXT. But yeah, I like, just think like like well, there's Wesley too. And... I think there's a little more of a difference in style to teach a lucha guy than it is to teach a Jay White kind of guy, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. English like too, you know? Yeah. So um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's kind of like that thing when people always say about MGF going to WWE, where Jay White's promo style is vicious and real, and it's gonna be interesting to see how that would translate. He has sure. a lot of WWE charisma for sure. He does, but sense. he's but he's raw. You know, he's rough yeah. and he curses and he's he's brutal. You know, so it'll be interesting to see how he could translate into that. So I'm all for it if they let him come in unencumbered and like wild like he is, man. That's gonna be fucking great. He's he's he like he is great presence and charisma and everything and good promos. I just wonder how, how he uh, how his size translates to this roster because you see him in New Japan, you think you like, well, wow, he's a pretty pretty big guy. I wonder how that translates here. It's like a shit. Does he show up and he's like the size of the Miz, where he's just like, yeah, he's not a small guy, but he's just like, you know what I mean? It's like a cut up Miz height wise. Yeah, I mean, Finn and AJ looked pretty sizable in New Japan too, and right? They come here and they're my size. Yep. <laughs> right. So. Well, that's the news of all, and then well, just let's play the game. What do you think of Omega? I guess Meltzer says November now due to injuries. They they've tacked that on to a schedule. Uh, you never really know with those contracts, but I kind of agree that I don't really see him leaving anytime soon. Out of AEW, you would think that maybe the end of the year, if anything. Um, Tony Khan was asked that question in the media scrum, and he danced around it like a son of a bitch. So um, I don't know. Well, I'd be I'd like to see the pace that Omega goes by this summer. And that'd be kind of an indication of where he's at. You know, if he's kind of, kind of taking a, on his heels a little bit, taking a backseat, saving himself, maybe perhaps he's looking to get out of there and kind of cash in on a big WWE deal. Like, like Cody did. So, um, oh, not, Wait. not to sneeze at you. You would think that w, AEW would pay himself, pay him handsomely. They can obviously afford it. So I don't know. I think he's in a really good spot to cash out if that's the ultimate goal. Everybody that, wants main event WrestleMania. I don't he did care. Say that in the Observer who, 2017 Observer interview that his goal or his dream was to have a WrestleMania match against AJ Styles. Well, I mean, he never had an AEW match against Cody, did he? So Cody as a world champ would be a really interesting thing for him to come in at and uh, have a match with Cody at a WrestleMania. And it would right? be like slightly different style, too. Mm. Um, the thing with Omega too is he still got the U.S. title with New Japan, which is their second title right now, um, basically. So, um, I mean, I got to think Forbidden Door will be him and Osprey part two. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's no way to not go full tilt in that match. But then you're right. After that, like, does he does he get heated up for another singles run in AEW? I don't really think so because it looks like you know I'd be. I would guess that the next couple challengers for MJF are probably Hangman and Adam Cole. Um, so I don't really know if he's going to have that like that push there. 
But I mean, not that he, he's not pushed, but you get what I'm saying. Um, as a single, he might not be. Um, and then furthermore, I mean, the video game thing, he kind of got that out. He was able to this, this game's coming out the end of March now. Um, it's actually coming out. Um, and, you know, I feel like that's where he was really scratching his itch <laughs> more so than anything. Uh, so, and it was kind of a disaster because they had to worry about the rating and everything. So I think there's a lot of like bucket list items that he has for himself that he was able to do already in this run in AEW. Um, and ultimately, I mean, the, the impact stuff, you know, there's so many different cool things he was able to do during the stretch that, yeah, I mean, what's really left for him to do over there, you know? Um, so, I mean, this is probably the contract to do it because he's not a guy that I think going to be going full tilt forever. I mean, he's got a lot of wear on that body. Um, but also, I mean, you can't dismiss the punk stuff either. We don't know what type of bad blood there still is there. We don't know if, you know, they're going to, you know, make a handshake to, to have one big match against each other. And then they might not hate it. They might not like each other while they're doing it. So how that all gets handled could help in this decision making process for him, too. Um, and then, you know, you got to take the bucks into account, too. I know theirs is a little bit longer, but. I mean, if if Cody left, it doesn't it opens up the door for anybody to leave, in my opinion. And if Omega is the next chip to fall for that, you got to expect the Bucks to maybe right be right around the corner as well. Yeah, interesting. You know, yeah, you think that they would one shoe like the other, you know, I and FTR they- too. Like, did you see the thing that I sent it to you earlier? The um, Dax on what I forget what he was on. I think it was his own podcast, but he didn't say. I mean, he's he said we didn't extend with AW. We're here in aid. We're here until April. Um, we don't know what we're going to do after that. We might stay here. We like the schedule. Um, but but the WWE is the biggest wrestling company in the world. They're the main show. So they didn't rule it out. So uh, or they could say independent. Um, there's a lot lot there and that might decide a lot of things too you know and it's something to be interesting they bring them back for a month to work with the guns to put the guns over i wouldn't necessarily i think they would wrap them up in a contract i don't know that's 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 risky if you think about it but whatever you know that's neither here nor there all right rossi you got anything on the empty corner to take us home yeah absolutely so gcw ran this past weekend um at the showboat in atlantic city uh, they ran a show Saturday night called Holy Smokes. Now, that was, you know, a lot of title defenses. So Jordan Oliver successfully defended the JCW title against Alex Coughlin. Um, Rina Yamashita successfully defended the Ultraviolet Championship against Casey Kirk in a wild death match. Casey Kirk, again, I, I love that chick. I think that she's got a huge future in, in the indie scene. I, I wish more people booked her. Um, Los Macisos defended the GCW titles against the SAT uh, Joey Janela um, won in a defense against uh, Venny, who was actually coming over. I think it was her GCW debut. Uh, Vikingo defeated Alex Zane, and, uh, which was a kind of a banger from what I saw of it. Uh, yeah, John, Wayne, yeah, John Wayne Murdoch defeated Drew Parker in Parker's last death match. Um, he's hanging up the light tubes for good. Do you watch the show Saturday? Yeah, I watched most of it. <clears throat> what I saw, I watched more of Sundays. What I saw of Saturday was pretty good. Um, what's interesting, though, is Jordan Oliver is the JCW champion. And JCW ran a show on Saturday that Jordan Oliver wasn't on, yet he defended it on both GCW shows. So kind of further blurring the line that JCW is just GCW, and it just was an excuse to give GCW another title. <laughs> but 
that's the thing is, you know, they've officially got four singles titles in GCW now when you think of the JCW title. So, um, and I don't, I still don't really know the difference between Janela's extreme title and Rina Yamashita's ultra violent title. They both seem, I mean, extreme may be more like chairs and doors where ultra violence more like glass and shit. Um, but it's, it's weird that there's both of those ultra violent and extreme. They kind of sound similar. Ultra violent. Um, there was an ultraviolet title in CZW back in the day, so maybe they're trying to pay, pay homage to that. But whatever. Yeah, yeah. Reality, I think they just they wanted to get a, t- a deathmatch title out because they released it out the same weekend that ICW did when they did their um, you know American deathmatch champion. Um, so I th- it never really made sense, but then they brought the extreme title back. So whatever, it gives people reasons. When whenever there's an indie with a title, it, it makes the matches sometimes make more sense. Um, now, Sunday, Motor City Machine Guns actually defeated Los Macisos at the show Ransom, um, also at the show about to win the GCW tag title. So my guess there is they wanted to get the titles on them for some sort of dream match that they might do at spring break or something over Mania weekend. Um, I don't know who's around for that. Maybe like an Aussie Open or something along those lines. Um, but, you know, at spring break, anything's possible. Um, Janela also successfully defended the extreme title on Sunday against Brandon Kirk. Uh, Jordan Oliver, again, defended the JCW title against Blake Christian. This time he won by DQ as Blake continues to be a dastardly heel now. Um, and then as we prepare for next weekend, um, which is actually St. Patrick's Day for their next big show in New York. Masha Slamovich is finally getting her shot against Nick Gage um, after winning that battle royal on New Year's Day. Um, so she defeated John Wayne Murdoch to prepare for that in a death match, which was pretty gnarly. Uh, Masha did her thing for sure. Murdoch's one of the best death match guys around. Uh, so that was definitely a good test for her to kind of get herself ready for Gage. Um, and then Ali Ketch defeated Charles Mason in a 22 minute or so long cage match, told a pretty good story. Um, Allie, the, the end of that was Allie introduced a knife into the ring at one point. Um, this has been quite the blood feud for a while. Uh, Mason was going to use it on her, but then Allie kind of hulked up and, and got the victory and choked them out to end the show. Um, so momentum for them is really geared towards the New York shows. And then they're going to start really kicking towards that uh, Mania weekend build, in my opinion. Um, it's interesting to see if they if they pull the title change with Masha and Z and um, Gage. Masha's a superstar, man. She she does a lot for indies, and she's still on TV, so that's something GCW might want. But and the thing too is, I can't really see a big Gage match to do coming out of that. Right. Um, and then interesting, or you know, for spring break weekend, I don't really know what there is for Gage. So and then interestingly enough, Sunday next weekend on the 19th, they're in Toronto and they've already announced Masha against um, Speedball Mike Bailey on that show. So it's interesting how they're going to do with the title there, because then obviously that would become a title match. You know, who knows? Um, but Gage is still doing the Maki Ito stuff, uh, which is kind of entertaining. Uh, Maki Ito did defeat Lefisto on Saturday as well. Um, I don't know where that's going, but it's kind of, kind of funny, cute TV right now. Um, Gage just doesn't, he's not coming off as serious to me on this title run. So um, he seems like he's just doing goofy shit to pop the crowd. And maybe that's what he is now, but that's fine. Um, but I wouldn't mind if they got the title on Masha. I think it's something that would be kind of cool. Um, now, as far as beyond beyond's back at, the White Eagle, uh, the 26th of March, which is going to be the return 
of Joey Janela. So um, from a lot of what I'm hearing is, you know, he kind of just wanted to dig in with uh, beyond again, Um, have come some different types of matches. He's been having more like hardcore type matches doing a lot in DDT. Janela really, when you look at beyond from what would you say, Ryan, like 20, I mean, probably 27, 2016, late 16, early seven, like 17 to the pandemic, really. Yeah, he was beyond wrestling. Like he was the guy that was was, 17 until what he came to. Was he doing AEW and beyond or was it just to. Um, no, not really, because that he did do the send off with GCW at that point. That was the tail end of 2019. Um, and then he didn't really do beyond after that, because 2019 was when he worked star in Mohi at uh, Foxwoods that summer. Yeah, um, he won that match. And then he didn't do anything with them because they went to GCW or AEW. Um, and then he came back to work Kimberly for where Scun sunscreen, which is one of the Atlantic City boardwalk shows. And they're linked in with GCW. Um, so he hasn't been in beyond in almost three years, but if you look at historically, I mean, the, the matches with star were obviously, you know, big all, all time, um, indie moments for beyond. Um, he also had the, um, independent title for a little bit. No, he did it. He did it. It was really, it was built really well. They were both built separate paths to the top and they had that big classic match. that's kind of just under delivered, but it was just weird vibes or whatever. That that headlined America Rana. He had the uh, pretty much just star with small feuds in between, pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean, looking at 2017, that build up to Riddle was you know matches with Dijak, he matches with Penelope and tag matches. Um, and then after that, you know, working matches with Fox, uh, Keith Lee. So they they kind of um, they kept building that up for him. Um, and he was just a, a linchpin of Beyond Shows forever. So I'm happy to see him back. I don't think you'll see him quite as often as you did back in those days um, because he's kind of in more demand now, goes over to, to Australia, Japan a little bit more. Um, but overall, it's going to be nice to see him back. I don't know who he's working. I think Bobby Orlando called him out. Um, which, you know, kind of is a cool thing. Orlando's been totally in some different landscape, man. They, sh- he should, he could have go pick his pick of the pick of the litter over there. Really? Yeah. I mean, we're just, this just means we're closer to the Becca match that we've been talking about for a while. Uh, so we got a shot at seeing that somewhere down the road, not saying I wouldn't like to see a match with like a price, um, as well, Alec price. Um, but ultimately I do think that, you know, the Becca match would be the one that I think would, would probably kind of be awesome just because I think they would play off of each other really well. Um, so p- other people announced for that beyond show, which is called the test of time, which will be 3 PM um, in Worcester um, will be Alex Coughlin from new Japan, um, Becca, Bobby Orlando, Megan Bain, who did return last month um, and squashed a couple girls. Uh, then hot sauce, Tracy Williams, who had to pull out the last show because of the ROH taping. And also the independent wrestling tag team titles changed. Um, when Violence is Forever at the last Beyond show dropped them to the Miracle Generation of Dustin Waller and Kylan King, they'll be defending the titles on this Beyond show against Above the Rest, which is Tristan Ty and Gabriel Sky. Um, that will be a, a pretty fun match. It's going to be a, a, a flippy-do match, we'll say. That'll be the, the way that I, I describe that. Um, overall, Wrestling Open, um, they've been continuing to rock and roll. Um, you know, just doing 250 through 300 people every, every Wednesday night, which is awesome. So happy to see that concept. 
Ricky Shane Page at the last Beyond show uh, announced that he had signed with MLW. Um, he's actually working a MLW stable with Akira of ICW fame, who's done some Beyond shows as well. Actually, Masha Samovich's boyfriend. Um, and they will be, it looks like, managed by Raven, which is kind of cool. That's bad. Ricky is a huge um, ECW mark. So that's going to be a really cool thing for him to do, I'm sure. And I mean, Ricky Shane Page is someone that's just been doing the indies for so long. Um, it's really cool to see that he finally gets a shot. He's going to be doing some agenting work for them as well. It's not going to just be strictly in ring. So I'm looking, I mean, he's somebody that I would probably try to tune into MLW to see because I've kind of been watching his indie career over the last decade or so. Um, but other than that, you know, beyond, they don't really have a, have any sort of um, connection to WrestleMania weekend. Um, nothing with IWTV is anymore. Um, but ultimately they are trying to do a lot more cross pollination pollinization with, um, the other shows that are part of, um, you know, IWTV, whether, you know, it was the festival they did at Christmas, um, when they, they booked their show on the 26th at 3 PM, because there's going to be a show at, um, I can't think of what the place is called, but it's in, um, Asbury park called hybrid moments. What's the venue called house of independence. It was where Janela had his GCW send off at the end of 2019. So this is the California promotion um, that's coming over to Asbury park. So that's going to be at night on IWTV, but they got Minoru Suzuki on that show. So um, I think it was pretty smart for beyond to not go opposite that on uh, you know, anytime you have Minoru Suzuki for um, an indie show these days, it's going to, draw some attention so um it's a great venue too that venue gets packed and loud <laughs> really cool yeah it kind of reminds me visually of like when beyond was running um the haze electric haze like you got like the brick walls mm-hmm. um it really just comes off visually cool and i mean yeah that place gets pretty nuts um some people that are some matches that they've announced for that um akira's on that show um, Jordan Oliver is wrestling Alec Price. One called Manders is wrestling Akira. Uh, Trey Lamar is wrestling Sonico. And um, I think Minoru Suzuki is wrestling um, Robert Martyr, who's there. Like he's like 21, 22, or something, maybe even younger than that. But he had a, a big match at the um, Restival for Prestige when he really just got the shit kicked out of him by uh i can't think of his name who's the guy that was in nxt that um ryan you'll know this he was in nxt he had a weird name he went back and then he like immediately went to AEW. he's normally in a tag team he has like the blonde like frosted top hair henry yeah anthony henry thank you thank you so he rest of all anthony henry beat the piss out of robert martyr which i think really got him over to like the east coast people that watch that show so now he's gonna get uh minora suzuki so um, good good luck to him on that night. But that's all I got. All right, guys. You get anything out of here? Rocco, you got a band? What's up? Uh, we're playing a show on Thursday. Not tomorrow, the one after that. It's going to be in the beautiful town of Montclair, New Jersey, home of uh, Michael Strahan and uh, um, <laughs> Yogi Berra. So there you go. Wow, Strahan and Yogi Berra, same town. Uh, same college or same town? My brain's farting right now. But yeah, same town. Same town. Is it a small town? Montclair is one of the bigger uh, cities in New Jersey, one of the uh, in northern New Jersey. It's got a major college and uh, it's like right uh, a lot of artists and athletes come out of there. So yeah, it's a pretty big town. Yeah, 
going to say, if that's a small little town, those two big names come out of that's pretty cool. But oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Matt, what you got for us, buddy? I know you on the YouTube side of things, you plugged anything. But what's going on, dude? Not a whole lot. Just, just I'll be sitting by my computer waiting for the next invitation to the pod. I'll be here. Yeah. Watch we'll get you in the mix on other stuff, buddy. Don't you worry. <laughs> I want to get in on some King of the Ring stuff. Uh, so uh, how about we can, we only have King and Queen of the Ring stuff to, for you? No, uh, it's that's it's Crown Jewel too to you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm just I'll be chilling. I'm getting ramped up for March Madness. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Absolutely creams betting NBA right now, so I'm gonna take a little hiatus until March Madness. Good selection Sunday this weekend, and this weekend, yeah, and then we'll uh, and then we'll get rocking and rolling uh, back into some wrestling. I'd keep an eye out for my tweets. I always try to post one pick a day. So uh, Maddie Cakes two two eight one on Twitter. M a t t e Cakes C a k e s twenty two eighty one on Twitter. Um, you'll probably end up muting me within a within a couple hours, but nah. come along for the ride. That's cool, Rossi. You got anything? Yeah. So talking about that tournament, um, I am recording with Andrew Reich, um next week for um, NCAA tournament preview. Um, Andrew's uh, normally on the AEW podcast that runs Counter Us every other week. Um, we did one last year. We did a preview to start this year as well. Um, but we will. We're gonna get the bracket in front of us Sunday. We're gonna. Last year we recorded it that night. Um, so we kind of, you kind of got like our first instinct on it. Uh, this year we're recording it on Monday. So we're going to kind of give it some space to breathe, which ultimately I think will probably give hopefully us a, a little bit better look at this bracket than we did last year. Um, I mean, last year's bracket was all fucked up anyways, but this year, hopefully we will get a better, better, a better game plan for you when you're filling out your bracket, uh, this, the next week when it all pops out on Sunday, so listen out for that. I don't know when it's going to come out, either Tuesday or Wednesday, but the tournament starts Friday, uh, Thursday, so it'll be out by then. I think it will be Tuesday, actually. Yeah, we'll throw it up on Tuesday afternoon, probably, or something. Yeah, so, um, so yeah. Back. We'll probably throw it on Tuesday. Yeah, so that's that's something to look forward to. I mean, last year we spent quite a bit of time. Um, we've been talking about it a lot more ahead of time, so um, we will be prepared. We'll talk about some coaching changes that we've heard about. That might happen that, you know, I'm not saying that that's going to impact teams in the Big East, Ryan, but it may. Um, and then <laughs> overall, um, I think that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, so that's pretty much it. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that you're going to listen to that podcast and I'm going to make you thousands of dollars, but I will do my best to help you guys fill out your bracket. All right. I'll plug something. We got, um, tomorrow on the YouTube, the, uh, no holds bars crew with me and Marcus did the ultimate WrestleMania card. It's an hour long about where we drafted eight matches. Once, uh, once you draft a match, that wrestler is no longer eligible to be drafted. And um, it was super fun. We did, I think we did like seven or eight matches in a venue. Well, you guys, what, do you, what venue do you think I picked for my venue for my Ultimate WrestleMania? Boston Gardens. Nah, not Gardens. I didn't pick. Do you go? Do you go big? Like in like stadium or no? I tried going big, but I cut my. I I I, I I'll spoil it. I, I tried going big, but I, I I shot myself in a corner. I said Las Vegas, Nevada, Raider Stadium. And Justin was like, they were never at Raider Stadium for WrestleMania. I said, yeah, but it's it, I'm making it happen. He goes, no. I was like, all right, then I'll, t- I'll take the WrestleMania 9 venue. <laughs> with the I, I, I would have oh. guessed I'm MSC for you, but. Yeah, I was I, like, night, night one, give me, give me the togas. Night two, give me Raider Stadium. 
But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was some great arguing. If you want to see me and Justin yell at each other, that's the spot to see it. But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on wh- what card you think did best or whatever. But ultimately, it was a lot of fun. And I would on- I'm curious how, if you play along, what, what kind of where you would end up and who you would take for different people also. So uh, I'd love to hear your feedback on that. So uh, check that out on the YouTube. Or, or the it's probably better to watch on YouTube so you have visuals to go along with it. But, um, yeah, they'll be on the normal pod feed anyways. Rest, Ultimate WrestleMania coming at you set, uh, tomorrow. So, is that how is that how you guys cope with what happened to Providence the last couple of weeks? You just yell at each other? I think we took it out on each other, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's too bad. You guys are better than that. <laughs> but anyways, is, is The Rock a celebrity or a wrestler? That's the, that's the question. <laughs> you'll, you'll find out tomorrow. But, uh... All right, guys, that's it for this episode. A little long, but hey, we're, getting, we're deep into WrestleMania season, so we want to run it down the best that we could and project it as we're running out episodes until we lead up. But uh, that's it for now, guys. Catch you later.